here's the thing, parents. Don't get your kid, like, don't be like, oh, you can have some bullshit pet or you can have, like, you know, a dog or a cat or something that, like, you know, emotes or whatever. But I just feel like anything rodenty is just, like, a garbage pet. Um, excuse you, rats are very smart. They're smart, but and it's still social. a garbage pet. Like, it's it still is something not that's a garbage like... pet. The worst part about a rat is that it only lives one to two years, which is so sad, which is why I can't bring myself to get one, because I would just be crying every one to two years. But they're very smart, and they very, like, are expressive, and you can teach them things. Like, they, they're as teachable as a dog. Yeah, but, like, holding them, you just feel their little, like, rat bones, and they'd have no, their little poop pellets everywhere. and warm. No, you can, um, you can litter train them. Uh, so is Cheyenne getting a rat now? I'm gonna come back next week, guys. I'm gonna come back with when we're doing the the hundred rewatch. I'm gonna come back with a rat letter. Oh my god! Like, You're gonna an R O U S, which two my things. my manager might already allow anyway. So know, really, this is the path house, path of least resistance. And you could What's, be the creepy guy on campus who, like, walks around with a rat on his shoulder and, like, claims to not want attention, except you're walking around with a goddamn rat on your shoulder because, of course, you want attention. But it becomes a trend, and all these other people do it, and they all hang out with you, and you guys get called the Rat Pack. <laughs> so Shaheen is fucking shitty pet hipster. Um, okay, I support the rat as long as you name him Templeton. Templeton? Yeah, from uh, from Charlotte's oh. Web. Oh, I was going to go with, um, what was his name, Justin, from the Rats of Nim, but that's okay. Okay. Wait, well, was it I mean, maybe, I think so. maybe we'll have it, like, once Shaheen gets his rat, um, because clearly this is the next stage, um, we will, like, have, like, an open poll um, <gasps> on our Twitter to see what the fuck we should name the rat. That's how you get a rat named Nazi Buttface. <laughs> Or Bodie McBoatface, or maybe Finn, because we have a lot of trolls as <laughs> oh our fans. Oh my god, it was so Finn. <laughs> Shaheen gets a rat, probably names him Finn. I've done this. Welcome, everybody, uh, to May We Geek Again, episode 32, um, where we are covering The Expanse, season two, uh, episodes 207 to 213. So we are finishing up season two in our three-part rewatch. Uh, my co-hosts today are Shaheen and longtime guest, uh, number one fan, Bubs. <laughs> hi. Um, hey, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, you can find us on Podbean and iTunes and and. Twitter uh, at May We Geek Again, so just search around for that. Um, Shaheen, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, well, my blog is freefloatingperspective.wordpress.com. And speaking of which, as uh, as I was editing last last time's episode, um, I noticed that uh, Bob's asked the question that I totally just blew past, and I didn't realize. <laughs> Rude. I don't even remember it. it? <laughs> you asked me if um, if different religions would be an example of uh, of Pyrrhonian skepticism, where a Pyrrhonian skeptic would uh, suspend judgment about religions. Uh huh. 
Do you remember asking me that? I do, vaguely. <laughs> That's pretty much everyone's memory of the podcast. <laughs> I have vague I do vaguely, but I don't remember, like, what was driving my question. Is Yeah, but yes, I okay. remember asking. They, okay. Well, the answer is vaguely yes. So... We can move on. Uh, mm. <laughs> just just a vague yes, and that's the answer. Well, I mean, I could explain more, but it seems like no one cares slash remembers. People I care about like, the time. Your ramblings are like, I don't know, like 35% of the reason that people listen to this. The <laughs> rest of it is like dick jokes. Wait, that does not you... exist on any other podcast. Did you run that? Uh, when did you run that, that simulation? I have... Yeah, I would never lie about data and numbers, Shaheen. <laughs> With the 35%. Sorry, what did you say, Yeah, Bucks? no, that's... The... Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. No, 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 no. Wow. I, no, no, I do remember. So um, I would say that, like, your philosophical perspective is one that's not on any other podcast. So it is important to answer questions like that. And just, like, all this terminology you bring that I don't think a lot of people are familiar with, including myself. It, it is always interesting. So explain, explain it, Shaheen. Oh, okay. Well, so as I explained last time, as you guys vaguely remember, um, <laughs> there was <laughs> uh, a Pironian skeptic is, is someone who suspends judgment when there is two sides to an argument that are equally convincing, mm-hmm. um, roughly equally convincing. Um it's sometimes called equipollent, means they have equal pull, I guess. Um, so uh, the idea is that instead of taking sides in the face of these what I call epistemic symmetries, where the two sides seem pretty symmetric, like they have equal good evidence and whatever, um, you suspend judgment. Uh, and then Bob's asked me if religions would count as that because you have all these different religions; they all claim to and be none the true of them one. Um, and they all, to the extent that they what, have any John evidence, John Smith talking to a magic hat, founding the Mormons—that's not—that's not real enough for you, Bugs. Uh, um, don't forget the part where that one lady like purposefully hides the first plates and makes them write them again to see if they can write them exactly equal, and they can't. But there's a reason for that, quote unquote. <laughs> of course, there's always a reason. Dun, dun, anyway, dun, sorry, Shaheen. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, yeah, there's all these religions and they all claim to be the true one. And to the extent that they have any evidence, it's, um, you know, roughly on a par. Um, so the question was, would a, would a Pironian skeptic suspend judgment about that? Uh, and I think the answer is clearly yes. Um, if you look at um, uh, Sextus Empiricus, I think I mentioned him last time, he's one of the most well-known or most important um, writers in this tradition of Pironian skepticism. Uh, He has this thing called the 10 modes uh, where he goes through how you can set up these equipollent disagreements. Um, And he talks about how like different animals perceive the world differently. Uh, And then he says even different humans perceive the world differently. Um, and then he says even different, um, uh, even the same human in different circumstances would perceive the world differently at different ages. And so he, he, he keeps, um, 
creating these contrasts between how two groups of people perceive the world. And, and he says there is no reason to prefer one to the other. They all claim to be the correct one, the correct way to perceive the world. Um, and um, any preference between them would basically be arbitrary. And so um, that's a way for you to to bring yourself to to feel this equal pull and, and suspend judgment. And, and he has 10 ways of doing this, and he calls them the 10 modes. And the 10th one is, uh, I think, the, called the mode of uh, differences in cultural uh, cultures and customs and something like that. Um, and it, it deals exactly with this issue that Bob's brought up, that like there are different religions and different cultures, and they all claim to be the correct way to live and the correct way to perceive the world. And so, yeah, so that's uh, not only just an example, but one of the main, one of the 10 modes of the Pyrrhonian skeptic um, for suspending judgment. Well, hot damn. Thanks, Shaheen. You're welcome. I guess, uh, well, now we we keep that 30%. (laughs) Not the bottom is not dropping out of our audience. Um, All right. Well, back to the expanse. though we might get into this more this episode, uh, since, you know, it does have a lot to do with factions and beliefs and stuff. Um, but in terms of what has happened... Uh, oh, wait, do you have anything you want to plug, Bub? Sorry. Oh, I mean, I'm just on Twitter as Bubbles of Love with a zero, and same on Reddit. <laughs> so not really, um, no. What, it, what, what is everyone's poison today? Oh, I am drinking a wonderful Imperial Ale Pumpkin, which is delicious and also basic bitch material. So I'm on brand. Well, it is PSL season. So it is. And actually, I had my first legit PSL this season. How like from from the mothership? Yeah. Yeah. I never had it before, actually. Um, It was it was delicious. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a crowd puzzler. What what is your stance on the pumpkin spice latte, Shaheen? I'm drinking what? Oh, <laughs> sorry. What what's my stance on pumpkin spice latte? Uh, yes. I've never had it. I don't oh, care. I mean, I have zero stances. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel is it like is that the it new is... Starbucks thing? Oh no! I mean, it's what not new. It's, it's not it's, new. It's the thing. It's oh. the thing that, that lets you know that fall is here when all of the basic bitches of the world fill their their poor pumpkin spice lattes down their gullets and, you know, bring out their puffy vests and Ugg boots. And yeah, <laughs> so, it is the changing of the seasons. Okay. So, but, it, but it's drinking? a Starbucks thing? Yes, though, I have seen an ad on uh, like some commercial somet- somewhere um, that I guess McDonald's has their own pumpkin spice latte. I mean, everybody That they does. are selling for $2. What? $2? Yeah. So for the budget-minded PSL fans uh, out there, you can get your, you know, fake flavor cancer from McDonald's. <laughs> um I have not. I have not actually had either. So maybe I should do a taste test. Oh, maybe you that should. That should be the next I podcast. Totally should. You should do the taste okay. test. Okay. Shaheen and I try pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, what are you drinking today, Shaheen? I'm drinking tea, real tea. Okay. Um. I, I, not microwaved. No, not microwave. Like wow. real have tea. angst about a show tea. 
Just kidding. Never mind. Do I have angst <laughs> about what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Swing it a mess. Um, what flavor and then, of tea? Um, well, it's, um, it's just Earl Grey. Yeah, that is good um, tea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Earl Grey's good tea. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, mm-hmm. I was having some um, chewy chips ahoy with it, which was awesome, <laughs> by the way. Huh. It seems like a weird combination. Oh, but the chewy right. chips ahoy are so good. Red what, bag every time. Why is that a weird combination, Joe? Um, just tea and well, I mean, I guess it's kind of British, like you know, your tea and, and biscuits or whatever. Oh, but I don't know. I'm not a biscuits. fan of the chewy chips ahoy. See, this is you the problem fit. with with you guys. American oh, being. please, please, man, explain my problem to me. <laughs> no, what, I think he's foreign explaining it. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. exactly. Um, foreign explaining. That should be a thing. Yeah. Um, why is the world divided into America and 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 England? Like, what? There are other people who drink tea, and there's no, nope. no. Nope. But do nope. they nope. drink? No one that matters, well, Shaheen. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that being said, though, that being said, the the actual like the national drink in Iran used to be coffee. Um, uh, I always forget who screwed us over if it was the Indians or the British, but I think it was <laughs> the British, uh, British. It was the British who screwed over Indians, right? So the, yeah, either yeah. way, it's a chain reaction. Yeah. Yeah, like it all comes back to the fucking Brits. Yeah. <laughs> now that we have completely alienated our um, international audience, <laughs> um, imperialist yes. bastards, <laughs> should we uh, should we start talking about talking about these episodes? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about the show. Right. What about people's overall takes? Um, Shaheen, yeah, Shaheen. Bubs? No, Shaheen, go first. <laughs> well, so I I felt like the the build up to the humanoid version of the proto molecule um <clears throat> aka the product of the uh, project caliban or whatever mm-hmm. uh the build up to that was like dragged on a bit too long um and then the payoff was a bit underwhelming um what was underwhelming for you about that payoff like we saw an alien and then we saw that there's like a civilization on venus if we can call it that. <laughs> I mean something is something up. Something is up. Yeah. And like when that when that research vessel like exploded into every single individual part. Uh-huh. Like well, that was kinda cool. Well we'll talk about that specific yeah, the Venus issue. But, but you just had pacing issues. Well, so Yeah, I mean I don't know. I guess like they they always have to plan either to like um, give you the punchline, the payoff, or whatever, uh, either in in the mid season or in the finale, um, and so they always have to like plan it. And, and if they plan it to give you give it to you in the finale, then it has to like they have to fill all these episodes. And um, not that like there was any episode where nothing was happening. Or, I mean, there's always stuff happening, but um, the proto molecule is like. In order to keep you interested in it, you need to keep getting like sufficient doses of "Oh my god, this is creepy," or like "Oh my god, this is awesome," or you know something has to keep coming. Otherwise, you're like, "Well, what are they chasing?" Like all I know is this like 
humanoid figure that can breathe or that, you know, can survive in hard vacuum. Okay. Um, I need more. And then, you know, when we got more, they just burned it. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I guess we'll, um, we'll get into I, that a little bit more. I can kind of, <laughs> I can kind of agree with sort of your issues on on the pacing of yeah. things, just because like I wanted more answers. <laughs> like I wanted an got. army of fucking like uh, proto molecule humanoids, just like barging yeah. or something. I, mean, I guess like, stay tuned for season three. Right? Yeah, I mean, well, no, yeah. well, because yeah, the way that it ended. But I also think that um, it almost is the. Um, like what they're going for in the hundred um, season three with the whole everyone's kind of focused on other stuff, and it's like such a peripheral thing. Um, and then they rush at the very end about the city of light. Well, kind of, but it's more like the whole point is that like people don't understand what the actual problem is, so they're like addressing other things while this whole other thing, like on Venus, is building. And then we kind of get a hint of, like, they're on this manhunt for this one guy. Meanwhile, Venus is building, and as we see, there's, like, a whole warehouse filled with, like, developing blue men. So. We'll just, we'll just call them It's, the like, blue such, man. like, it's, like, a, the Titanic, like, iceberg. It's just the tip. <laughs> for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like the point is that, like. There's a lot going on. Everyone's, like, having their political, like, discussions and, like, addressing what they can Nobody's address. watching the goddamn White Walkers. Exactly. Yes. The White Walkers. That's another great example. Um, so I feel like there was story we get through. But, like, yes, in the scale of, like, the problems we're addressing, I do get now, now that, Shaheen, you mentioned that, I do get that it's, like, well, we're not even focusing on what it is. And it's not. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Wow. We, but we you you, you thought that so you said you were impressed by um how much was happening? Um oh, yeah. So I do feel like a lot of action was going on and a lot of story was being told. Like so many things happened, but at no point did I feel like we were rushing through it. Like I didn't feel like I was missing things that I wanted to like to see or like I wanted like more time spent on anything. So from that perspective, like to me pacing is like such an important thing in like movies and television. Um, and I think it speaks to like rewatchability. Um, and so from that perspective, I think that the expanse is really great and that their pacing is very good and their story does never feels rushed and we don't like sacrifice character moments for story. I, I think, I think what's interesting, especially about these sort of sets of episodes is that like in, in, in terms of the pacing and in terms of the payoff, like, you know, kind of like, again, we've, we've talked about this before on this rewatch, but that like, you know where it's going. So the story does seem faster this time around um, than the first time, because like the first time you watch The Expanse, it is kind of slow. Especially um, because there the are all first, these moving parts. I think especially, though, the first segment of episodes you watched were really... Yeah. Especially, we didn't care about the characters. We're, like, there was nothing to tide us over while you're we trying to understand what was going on. Versus, like, now we have those things to cling on to. But it's still, you know, there's still, like... We're watching, you know, like, all of these different sort of stories unfolding or whatever. And, like, the thing that we're getting to... With all of this bullshit with with Dr. Meng and, like, you know, finding his daughter and all that sort of stuff, which we'll get into uh, in a little bit and my issues with those kind of plot lines, um, is, you know, the payoff that we know that's going to happen is that there is going to be a giant, po- you know, spaceship full of, like, pod children turning into blue <laughs> men. Like, that's, that's that storyline's payoff. Yeah. As well as, I suppose, you know, 
I, we're supposed to give a shit that Fred Johnson now has the proto-molecule because of Naomi. Um, but then, you know, the main thing, though, is that, you know, the first episode back that we saw for this for this block was The Seventh Man. And sort of, you know, like, what we're kind of concentrating on right now is, uh, you know, the the proto-molecule human being, the blue man, mm-hmm. um, that, that Bobby Draper and, you know, the rest of the Martians, uh, you know, everything that happened on Ganymede. But then we kind of take her story and follow her to Earth. And so we get to, like, I kind of really enjoyed the world building of Bobby Draper experiencing Earth. And, like, yes. the rules that they have and the drugs that they have to take. And, like, you know, she can't... She has to orient herself to the horizon, but then, you know, the exact same thing. is amazing. It's so good. Um, And to your point later on, Shaheen, and I'd like to, like, pick your brain about this, but, like, you were right to note that there are so many different parallel elements in each story. Um, So, you know, you have Bobby Draper being told about the horizon, and then you have Naomi telling Dr. Meng on the spaceship that there is no horizon, and, like, everyone just keep their fucking eyes on the ground so you don't, like, disorient yourself and vomit everywhere. Um, so I, yeah, I really, I, you know, the Bobby Draper stuff was kind of super, it went in a different direction than you kind of thought it was going to go in. But now the fact that like, we're, we're going to set up into the next season with Bobby and, and Chris Jen is like pretty fucking great in my mm. humble opinion. Um, do you guys want to start talking about like actual storylines? Yeah. All right. Um, the belts, I've, I've sort of broken this out a little bit different than before. So we'll kind of cover the belt sort of storyline. And then Earth and Mars kind of reunited super quickly. So that's kind of a, another storyline. And then we can actually talk a little tiny bit about, you know, what the Venus thing, what we think it means. Because I don't think we really learned too much apart from more mystery. Yeah. Are we going to talk about the end or right now? Because I just had like specific uh, questions. <laughs> Uh, what do you, do you, do you want to go sort of in order or do you want to just like talk about the end? Uh, I mean, I feel like we should talk about it because I don't think a a lot happened and I feel like it's somewhat separate from everything else. Okay. So Venus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Venus. Uh, what are your questions? Okay. So, um, as someone who has issues with attention span, um, I didn't understand who those people were because there was one point where, like, my assumption would have been they were from the UN to, like, check on things, but they immediately say, like, oh, um, something about, like, Mars and the UN and how they would, I don't know, they're more powerful than them, which the only other people left to me was, like, the Mao guy and his company, um, but who were they? I thought that they were from the UN because yeah, I, I thought that the, the Australian yeah. doctor guy like convinced them to let them take the ship. Oh, really? Right? I thought that. What did they say? There's something that they said that made it seem to me like they were not part of the UN at all. Like they, um, they are worried about ships in the vicinity, like getting in the way of what they were trying to do. Um, I mean, I could totally be wrong. <laughs> like, well, I think that, that like, you're talking about uh, the the ship that you're talking about is uh, called Argo Bat uh, Arbogast. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. Arbogast is a UN UNN uh, vessel. So it is the UN. It was so sent technically UN. I feel like, our, like there was a the scene. Eros incident. What's that? Like there were. There were scenes where they, like, you know, talked about it, but it was, like, kind of very quick, and then suddenly we were on that ship. Like, we didn't really, like, none of us have connection to those characters, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I think, I think that, that one of them the maybe, a couple of them maybe showed up before, 
Um, but yeah, but yeah, yeah I agree but, that like the the problem is that the show has just like to some extent the problem is there are too many parallel storylines and characters, and like we need to get a little bit of each. Um, and then there are some that we didn't really get much from at all, uh, and like we have some like we have this problem even with the main characters like we talked about with um what's his face um Miller right <laughs> even with right oh yeah and so like but then like these people on uh Arbogast whatever um the Venus probe um we have no idea like we don't we have we're not familiar with them um and yeah we don't really care what I just and, looked and it's it up. just they keep going and going yeah yeah what did you look up okay so i looked up who they were um i don't know why i didn't do this before obviously i didn't do my homework whatever um so it says that they were the unn yes commandeered a civilian survey vessel so it's a civilian vessel maybe that's why i thought they made like a comment about not specifically being part of the un but they were commandeered they said that they don't have any yeah, they're not armed because it's a civilian. Yeah, that's maybe what threw you off right? when they yeah. were on the radio. So they, they are part. That. They were sent on behalf of the UN, so that makes more sense. Yeah. What do you guys think about what they what they found or didn't find? Like, where do you, where do you guys think that like what do you guys think about how that storyline resolved itself in the um, finale? I will say that it was like very crowd pleasing. What they did with that, I thought that was like super cool. The way that they exploded all the pieces out in slow motion. Um. It was very much like this future alien thing that was only the only thing po- um, that had the ability to do something like that. Um, I oh crap! I had another point that I know I can't remember. Um, oh yeah, no, it's part of my wall actually, so I'm just gonna hold it till the end. But I did think it was cool, and I and I'm sure that it's gonna play a big part of season three. And so we don't really know what that's going to be about yet. That's my take. You, Shaheen, you mentioned on on the run sheet that you found it to be actually anticlimactic. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh. to to some extent, because we had we didn't have much connection with the characters, and um, also because like we were following the, this ship. Throughout multiple episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we didn't know who they were. So, presumably, the only reason we care about it is what they're going to find. And they just exploded before they could make any conclusions. So, But what if it's up to you to draw but what, conclusions? Okay, so, let's do, so what did we see? <laughs> To me, it seemed like they were building a proto-molecule Blue space City? station. Yeah. Like, well, it looked like, to me, it looked like, like a, 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 are antennas. There, are there little people? Did we see little people? Well, or what do we see? I don't think they need little people because, like, each Who is they? The molecules are so... They're like alien stem cells. You could build anything out of them. Um, it just looked like glowing mountains. No, that's why I think it's, like, antennas. Like, communication antennas. Oh. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, that was what I took away from it, but obviously it could be anything. Yeah. 
Like, I, it, it was a little bit, I can see, like, both sides of it. Like, on the one hand, the, the explosion outward was, like, super cool. Because you're like, oh, they have this crazy fucking capacity to do this bananas shit. Um, but then also, yeah, to your point, Shaheen, you're like, well, okay, I didn't give a shit about these people. And you didn't really answer any questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. cool. Thanks for the extra but, like, it's yeah, like, like, so It was far. just like, yeah, we uh-huh. had some deaths in our finale or something type of thing. Oh, so we just need yeah. to kill some people. Um, <laughs> when, so, all right. I mean, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I like. I think what we have learned about the proto molecule is that it's a learning molecule. Like it, it takes what it finds and it builds upon that. So, to me, what it was doing on Venus was, yeah, learning and building a, a learning station to continue. I don't know, kicking everyone's butt by learning. The, the problem with that, and, and this also relates to a problem I have with the explosion again, um, is that it's just a, this dodgy, th- dodgy thing where, you know, basically you're saying that we can make this protomolecule do anything we want and you can't complain because the, ex- the explanation is always going to be, oh, it, it has infinite mm. abilities and it can learn mm-hmm. whatever. So, like... You know, it can make an, a spaceship explode from the inside, and you know we're, we don't have to explain how. That's just you know it just does creepy things, and then it's like, okay, is that the only thing it does? Well, no, it also can like create humanoid things, and you know, it's so it's just like they can do whatever they want with it, and we didn't really get any like better insight into um what it is or what it does or. Even what's happening on Venus specifically. Stay tuned for season three. Like, (laughs) clearly us bitching about this. I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, we'll get a couple more answers. And by the end of season three, we'll be pissed at how few answers we got. Um, This seems to be a theme of what shows that we like to watch. Of all shows, really. Um, All shit. All good shows. Um... So let's let's move let's let's take a step back then and like uh, maybe start talking about the belt storyline since that's sort of like one of the catalysts for for some of the big stuff uh, that happened. Which was can I just say it, we, I, I, I like the reference yeah. to the Drake equation that was in the Venus storyline, right? The guy when the guy what had like the, the equation, equation on the board and he was like, "What the fuck is that?" And he was like, "This is the Drake equation. It, it tells you how many aliens there are." And it was like, it just looks like eighth grade. Algebra or something. I don't know what. Uh, he was like, remember that that exchange? I do not. Vaguely. <laughs> but maybe you were just not the target audience for the be excitable about the great equation. <laughs> yeah, so it's just this equation that, that um, tries to estimate uh, how many uh, other planets there are with intelligent life. Um, mm-hmm. And... Or there have been throughout the history of the universe, because as you go farther away, it goes back in time also. Um, so, and the, you know, it does really look like just, just some like, it's just a bunch of things being multiplied. It's not really a complicated equation. So it's just a, it's just basically. Yeah, it's just multiplication. It's just a bunch of probabilities. It's like how many, uh, how many stars like the sun do we think there are? And then uh, how many planets do we think there are that would be at the appropriate distance from these stars to be habitable? And then and it just keeps 
going like that, just a few, you know, estimated probabilities, and that ends up with like a very small probability for intelligent life. But when you multiply that small probability with the number of um, planet or, or stars or whatever that there is in the world, um, it it still gives you like a huge number of possible intelligent life out there. So the question is not really, is there intelligent life? The question is, why haven't we come in contact with any yet? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's the question that, that this is, the show is, is presupposing and that like, you know, our intelligent life isn't that we encounter, isn't going to be some spaceship, like what the, the doors open and some like aliens yeah. come off. Like, it sort of makes sense. Like, I, I know that your issue with, with the protomolecules that it's being described as a bit of a, like, Mary Sue in its own story, where, like, it can do this and then yeah. this and also do this. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, those are kind of interesting, like, sort of parameters for it to operate in, which is it's a molecule that can sort of build whatever shape is needed in the case of, like, when it becomes a blue man, it becomes, you know, this humanoid thing. But I think that the 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 really sort of interesting and maybe most hand-wavy science about it, but that could have the biggest implications is that it appears to be able to communicate with other bits of itself over instantaneously, regardless of distance. Um, uh -huh. Which, like, it, it could either be super cool or it could be, feel a little bit too magic-y. Yeah. Um, but do, step, stepping back though, Shaheen and or Bubs, uh, do you guys believe that there is intelligent life? Do you believe in yes. aliens? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, intelligent uh, life. I mean, I think there's definitely life. Um, okay. And I mean, probably, probably. Does, does the protomolecule count as intelligent yes, life? Yes, for sure. Um, I think that, yeah, the answer is probably yes, but uh, again, keep in mind that, um, it existing doesn't mean that we can, um, have any sort of meaningful exchange with them because first of all, they might exist long, like in the past. <laughs> um, we don't know if they still exist. Like even if we like find them with our telescopes and they're like, um, you know, a million light years away that means they're a million years in the past so um right. maybe they're yeah, dead so by, by now. now who knows what so and and if they if they're like far away enough from us um then there is like issues of like you can't travel faster than light so have they overcome that or are uh, you know yeah. like i mean i think that they, we'll they, communicate like, with aliens much sooner than we'll ever see them Unless hmm. they've already visited us, quote unquote, all those alien files. Um, but given the vastness of the universe, I assume there are more. There are other ones. There should be. It's just you, you, all you need is like a little grain of dust, like the Earth, and you know, just with some basic ingredients, and you just uh, shine some light on it, and it starts bubbling with all this bullshit. That's just basically, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Shaheen, the biologist. As far as I'm concerned, studies? it's just carbon eating carbon. But yeah, we can move on. <laughs> you don't seem to be super thrilled about the possibility of alien life. It seems it, it feels like it annoys Her you. Life in general. Oh, fair. That's that's a, that's just on brand. He's like more life. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> God, just keep it in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Fuck you, amino All acids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid chains. Um, getting getting back to other storyline. Uh, if we if we talk about the belt and I guess start. So we kind of like we started out with the seventh man, uh, which was you know the Ganymede station uh, where Bobby and her team thought that they were like under attack by UN soldiers, but then it turns out it is the quote unquote seventh man. And then there's like all of this shady shit that happens with Mars and then Bobby goes down to earth. So we kind of like leave her story and then just kind of go back to the Rossi, um, going back to Ganymede, uh, finding the scientist who wants to find his daughter. And then, you know, there's refugee ships and there's conflict and Amos goes dark and then everyone has a bad time and blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, like what what kind of stood out with you, you know, among among the the belt storyline for you, Bubs? Uh, let's see. Um Oh no, I thought it was really cool about how it made me think about like how you would navigate in space. <laughs> so I sat there a long time like thinking about it and had to like google it, which is um I guess they think that in the future we'll use pulsar-based GPS. Although there's a problem of, like, pulsars being, like, really large waves, so they need, like, really large antennas to um, do it in, like, real time, <laughs> which I, th- I thought was interesting. Um, so I feel like, I don't know. I thought about that a lot. And then um, the other stuff was, okay, honestly, I didn't really follow the Dawes, Fred, polit- or Frank, Fred, Frank, um, political stuff. So I kind of wanted to hear what you guys thought about that. Who's Frank? Oops. Fred? There's no Frank. Fred. Okay. Fred. I'm going to delete Frank. Fred Johnson. <laughs> right. So. Whatever. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. <laughs> no, because it's, it's always oh, Fred guy. slash Frank, and I'm like, who? who's Frank? And I was like, okay, is it just Fred? I wrote Fred Apparently. first. Fred Johnson. Yeah. Fair. Okay. So, Fred Johnson. Okay. Gotcha. So, so you're talking about the power struggle between what Fred Johnson wants for the belt versus what Dawes. I mean, I thought that I was understanding it, and then it seemed like they had something on him, and he would never be the leader again. I didn't like. I completely missed what happened there, despite like me trying to rewind. Although my TV rewinds horribly, so that was probably like half the problem. So, what happened with him losing his power? Like, what was the political? So I um, I agree with with you, Bubs, in that um, I feel like. Um, I feel like the the Expanse tries to create these situations that kind of feel the hundredy, mm-hmm. where it's like there's like a disagreement um, between leaders, and they one thinks the right thing to do is one thing, reveal some piece of information, the other thinks no, we shouldn't, we should keep it secret or or whatever. You know, there's a, there's a high stakes decision to be made or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it kind of um, feels. I don't know, too specific, as it were. Like, the thing that they were disagreeing on was, like, too specific to care about. It wasn't like, should we tell people they're going to die or not? It was something like, should we reveal to the Earth that the um, the proto-molecule... We have detected signals that indicate there's there might be other instances of the proto-molecule. And it's like, it's a very specific thing to disagree on, which is very re- realistic, like, probably, mm-hmm. that's probably what politicians disagree on most of the time. It's not like, should we tell people that they're going to die or, you know, um, something yeah. like that. 
but it's mostly like should we tell them about that leak in the in the uh, in the lake and you know or something like that is there's like scandals and stuff but um yeah but so yeah I, I don't know it was kind of hard to see why this is so important and why there's like crowds cheering to either side and then um holden uh had to take a side i guess yeah. uh and then yeah it was it, it it definitely felt a little bit like like you're saying like kind of a weird sort of force thing where we're, we're dealing with this power struggle with Dawes wanting to get, uh, you know, the missiles from f- the missiles under control from Fred Johnson that they got from Earth. So they kind of take Fred Johnson's power and sort of harp on the fact that, you know, he's not a real belter. And then and then they sort of figure out that there's this other thing happening with the proto molecule. And yeah, it just and then but then but then we leave them. We leave Fred Johnson like five episodes yeah. ago and he doesn't show back up until it's suddenly like Naomi being like, so PS I told Fred where there's more <laughs> proto molecule. Yeah. Um, so it, it did feel a little bit like, Hey, this is really important, but then also it's kind of not cause we're just going to like, kind we of also left DOS, right? We didn't see what happened with them. Yeah. He, him with, um, the weird, the weird lobotomized guy. Which I actually thought, so that was actually one scene that I really liked uh, as part of my first notes. Um, the conversation be- between uh, Amos and Cortazar, the, the sort of lobotomized guy, which felt very much like Ali to me. Um, mm. Of sort of him being like, you know, within five minutes of, of me removing my empathy, I knew that like that was what I wanted. Um, because... And for us, like, it's kind of hard to see that that would be something that you would want. But then, no, you know, I get we don't it. really know the, yeah. the anxieties that, like, we all carry around with us. So it felt... And remember when we were talking about Ali and the City of Light, uh, we we touched on this a little bit. Um, of how, like, you see people when they take the chip and they pop into the City of Light, um, it seems like they suddenly, they have a change of perspective, as it were. And they, you know, like that grounded girl um, who was crucified, I guess, and then she was like, I understand now, right? So it looks like they now get it. They get it why Ali is doing this, uh, either because, uh, you know, this is so good that they think, oh, now I see why it was worth it, or, uh, or for some, you know, they have some sort of change of perspective, which goes along with, you know, the City of Light being an analogy for religion. Because, you know, then this taking the chip would be an analogy for a religious experience, which usually results in people um, having change of values and not caring about their material body anymore and, you know, stuff like that. Um, Do you guys think that that's where the story is going then with the protomolecule, that this is going to be like kind of a religious thing where some people are going to want to experience and be hooked up with the proto molecule and some people are not and going to want to remain human like is this is well, do you guys the, think the storyline is maybe mm, moving towards humans versus I not mean, I think Dress, that the Martians... the whole Dresden... uh-huh. sorry I, I was just gonna say the whole dresden cortazar gang kind of does feel like a cult that that there's like a jaha cult that feel like um they they feel like you know who cares about humans you know there's there's something bigger than that there's you know uh, yeah so that it does kind of feel but they don't have a lot of following they don't seem to be growing and and Cortazar doesn't seem adamant to like recruit anyone <laughs> sorry Bubs well no but I mean 
it's clear that there are people throughout the universe, like currently, who appear to be on the side of the protomolecule in a way, whether it's weaponizing it or trying to commune with it or whatever. Like, you know, when we left Caliban with his, you know, gestating pod people, um, I know that, you know, Mao was saying that, you know, it was going to, that it's there as a weapon, but I feel like, I feel like of all things, we're going to find out that it's really fucking naive for them to think that it can be used as a weapon. That like they that can humans control will be it able to wield yeah. it. Um, and so I think, I wonder if it's going to be, you know, sort of a join or die situation where you either are, you know, sort of buy into the cult and help, you know, hope that by helping, you know, the blue man group that they, that, you know, you ascend to a higher plane or is it going to be the thing that unites humans um, as, you know, a species instead of, you know, all this faction shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just just where my mind went with it. Um, any any other thoughts about sort of, you know, that, that area of the story? Hmm. No? Crickets? <laughs> I felt like I was going to say totally fine. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I cut you off. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you cut um, me off and then Let's I, talk a little yeah. bit... I, well, yeah, no, For fuck's sake, all I of you. started and then I stopped and, and now I can't remember what I was saying. Um, shit. <laughs> I felt like it was like pertinent, but we maybe we're talking about Ali and, and Cortazar. And... Um, It'll come back to you. Yeah. And just shout it. Just shout it in the middle of something. Um, so let's let's talk about Dr. Meng since he is sort of the next the next in line. Um, and can we just can we just have a moment where we talk about how as soon as this woman Doris tells him his daughter's dead, she tries to hit yes, on him. Yes, that was so interesting. Um, she's so, like, well, yeah, now that my... we've gotten that thing out of the way, let's just hey. Yeah, like let me put my like let me be really fucking overt and put my hand on your knee. Like, what the fuck timing is that? Yeah. Oh like, dear. Time to start over. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Damn. <laughs> um, so you guys, you, you guys know my feeling on you know using kids in terms of storyline shit, and I get that like obviously they're going to be using the children to create more blue men or whatever. But can, can I just have a moment to complain about how much I don't care about this dude trying to find his daughter? <laughs> exactly. I was but like, why? Did like, you see my uh, bullet point? Like, my only bullet point was: Is do we care about the Asian engineer and and his girlfriend and his daughter? Like, <laughs> you know, what? I liked no, him. We don't. I actually liked him. <laughs> do we care about? No, I, him? <laughs> I did. <laughs> like about him finding his um, daughter. I mean, kind of. I felt like that was. I thought that that was a universal, like, um, understanding of what his drive was. Not so much was it an interesting one. It was just so trite. No, but I don't think it was supposed to be interesting. I think it was supposed to be, like, why he was, like, the the doorway into them um, getting closer to the protomolecule and what's going on with these people making, like, human protomolecules. So from that perspective, it just served to, like, get us there. And it was something that was supposed sure. to be, like, universe, like, oh, obviously, like, I, I mean, I don't have a hit except for my dog, but, like, if my dad were to find out that, like, I was missing, I know that he would, like, travel the earth to find me. So, from that perspective, like, I got it. Like, I understood what was driving this guy versus, like, the other guys that don't have the same drive, and I, 
I don't know. He definitely it, had I a mean, better guess, reason was... than than Miller. <laughs> but uh Yeah, exactly. Yes. It felt more natural. The the problem from a narrative standpoint is that uh we know he's not going to find his daughter. Like his daughter is yeah. gone for sure. Like we know how that's going to end. Right? Well, it would have been tried if it ended as like a happy thing, you know? But the fact that it's what are they going to set up that his daughter as a blue man is going to recognize him? Like, is that I mean, maybe be the ending of the story? Maybe. <laughs> like, or else yeah, it would be that, like I, um, The Walking thought... Dead with that one guy and his daughter in the closet. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, maybe I just don't have enough emotions to, like, give a shit. Um, I don't know. Like, it just, it, it felt like, it felt like the daughter was fridged. You know what I mean? And, like, fridged so that like his story could move along and i know that we needed it was an easy purpose yes but it was but i yeah it just felt like a little low-hanging fruit maybe but like i think i liked that he wasn't just some random person who's like i loved like the him sort of like figuring out the little clues i think i wrote this um where it's like oh why are the leaves like yellow like there's a nitrogen deficiency like what's that about and like that was part of him like I don't know. I don't remember how that clue worked in, actually. But, like, it was... <laughs> he used his skills... <laughs> that Ganymede's dying. That Ganymede is Exactly. Fine, exactly. It was- so it, it shows, like, intent of something else. And, like, he... Like, anyone else wouldn't have... Like, it, it would have been a lot more trite if it was, like, Holden being like, Oh, the leaves are, like, yellow. That's a You're nitrogen like, what the, Since when you a botanist, Exactly. Holden? Like, that would have been... But they had this other guy who... He saw his, like, two-minute girlfriend getting floated... And, um, <laughs> he was like, I was about to, <laughs> like, I still can't get over her timing. Um, it was, <laughs> it was just, wow. She should have been like a family wow. member or something. What about his timing? Like, I mean, he, or his loyalty for God's sake, like he, like it didn't take two seconds or I guess did, did he, okay. So was he single? Uh, yeah, I think I think the mom is out of the picture. Yeah, I don't know how they implied so, that apart from her flirting. M- yeah, and maybe Doris was like, "Well, now that the kid's out of the picture too." Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So I guess like it's can, not like he was. And... It's not like it was two minutes after he broke up or something. No, but it was two minutes yeah. after she told him his daughter. I think it was in the same breath. She was like, "Your daughter's dead. <laughs> Do you want to come back to Mars with me? Let me squeeze your thigh about it." I just. It just, yeah. Um, but, you know, she didn't didn't end up well for her. Um, do you guys mind if we talk about sort of, I feel like we got a lot of really good character work um, with the Rossi crew, especially if we're talking about Amos. Oh, um, can I say my Alex bit? Yeah, oh, of course. So, like, I loved when he told them what his plan was after leaving them on um, Ganymede to be, like, a backup, like, to be able to pick them up. Um, he was just so, like, don't worry, guys. I will just hide behind one of these cute little moons and come down and get you guys (laughs) if need be. And I was like, I was so attracted to that. I was like, hey, Alex. Um, You were able to overlook his terrible, terrible Southern accent. And Uh, his fat suit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right. I forgot that he wears a fat suit. It's mostly the fat suit. But, yeah, um, I overlooked that for, like, a moment because I was like, oh, my God. He could totally, like, be like... Bubbles, I will serve you some pancakes while I find your lost shoe, and you'll make it to work on time. <laughs> it's like, that is who I need to date. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
that that is your Tinder profile about like seeking someone in a fat in a fat suit who uses faulty colloquialisms. Yes. If you can find my Amazing. mom's shoe, I'm all about it. That's. I mean, I feel like at least that's like pretty. You know, an easy mark to hit. Like you're not looking for anything obscure or nebulous. You're like these are the things that I'm looking for in a romantic I'm partner. Looking, can you can you meet yeah, this? It's not the impossible. <laughs> Pancakes and shoes. Like it's a pretty like attainable goal. Yes. I mean, not for me. Um, I mean, I feel like you can like make your um, dating life much easier, Bubs, if you just like don't lose your shoes. Uh, well, if well, <laughs> fucking Shaheen over here, like trying to like explain romance. Damn, dude. <laughs> You think you don't think that she's tried? <laughs> yeah, right. If I knew where my shoes were, I just know. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew where they were, I wouldn't be losing them. Jeez. Clearly, I I don't. This is your problem, criteria, So. This is why on. you're single. Here's no, no, no. Actually, I was gonna suggest you find a rat guy. Don't find a rat guy, Bubs. The guy who has rats as pets. You don't want that. I don't. I need don't someone want who wants me as that has rats as pets. <laughs> Wow, so Pancakes finds my shoes and doesn't mind that I have bullshit pets. Yes, exactly. Here's the thing, you're going to find, if, if if you find someone who is fine with you having rats, he's going to be a reptile guy oh, or a bird God, person. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, those are your that's choices. That's like the, no, that's not even the horse girl. I don't know what the equivalent is. Reptile guy like a kobold? Like, like he has a, um... He has like a bearded dragon or, you know, a snake. Basically, people who keep pets that need to live in cages are a special kind of And have a special habitat. That's the big thing. Yeah. That's like a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And their house smells a little funny. Mm. I'm making a lot of generalizations. (laughs) I've like probably, again, if we haven't gotten rid of all of our international listeners with bitching about tea... Um, and not caring what foreigners think. Now we also have isolated the weirdos who probably listen to our podcast. But don't you, there's uh, like giant rats in, um, where is it? In South Africa? I can't remember where specifically, but they actually find landmines and help people dig them out. I would support you having a capybara. But, well, that's not, that's not the breed, but I would also like a capybara. You can buy them in Texas, so you should look into it. Wait, for real? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because Texas is, like, no, that's so, horrifying. it's, like, more lenient about having, like, weird, um. I mean, Texas. Yeah. Um, what, what's it called? Um, exotic pets. Versus New York City, if it's not, like, a dog or a cat, like, forget it. Um, I kind of, here, I don't know if I'd want a rodent the size of a dog, though. But they're kind of cute. A capybara is cute. They're a little cute. I mean, I guess I want. I, I need to find out how big poops they you take. You like, like that's raccoons? Really... That's like kind of. I do like raccoons. I do too. I think they're adorable. I also think like cool. a skunk that has had its like odor glands removed is also adorable. very adorable. Yeah. So um, basically, you, you animal has been made into a live pet for you. Well, haven't we done that with dogs yes. and cats? We've just had more years to yeah. do it. Um, speaking of neutering animals, um, let's talk about Amos's storyline and character growth and, uh... That's been an interesting journey. I mean, I want to hear what Shaheen right? has to say because he's had such an issue with Amos the whole way through. Yeah, what do you... How, how did you sort of take his sort of unspooling violence and then also... He was kind of, like, reined himself in as well. Like, he had a moment of sort of self-awareness. What do you... How did you uh, feel about Shaheen? 
Can we hear what you guys think first? He's still anti Amos. <laughs> and maybe I will just comment on that, or maybe I'll just take a back seat because um, I don't really get Amos and what they're trying to do with him. I mean, I have comments. Um, I think that I'm. I really like most of what we do with Amos. I like his struggle and his um, deference to Naomi as his moral compass. Um, and and Holden. And Holden, Like, he yeah. also mentions this to Holden a yeah. bit. And Holden kind of becomes a dick in these last few episodes, too. Like, Holden very becomes... He's a little uh, bit Captain you know, the means Ahab. justify the ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, the thing is, I'm kind of a means justify the end Or the ends justify the means kind of person. So, like, I don't really have a problem with it until he was being, like, irrational about it. Um, in which case, that's not how you go about anything. But um, but in terms of Amos, like, it was interesting to see him talk to that one guy, and that one guy kind of almost convinced him to go to the dark side, basically. Um, Wait, which guy? Oh, the, the lobotomized? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cortazar? Because he has that moment where Alex comes up to, me, to him, and he's like, hey, I need some help doing this. And, and, and Amos is like, well, I don't care. Like, go do it. I'm not. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to. That's why I'm not going to do it. I don't want to. And so it's like he he listened to what that guy had to say, and he's like, "Yeah, it is easier if I don't like." And like my issue with a- my only issue with Amos is, I feel like he's a little bit marketed as a sociopath. But the thing with a soci like a straight sociopath, really doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks. It's but he it, really gives a shit about what Naomi thinks. Well, yeah. So if you're a, if you're a straight sociopath, it's like, how does this benefit me? And I don't want to discomfort myself in any way. And if it doesn't, if it discomforts me, I don't. I have no business doing this. It's very like self serving. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily like a, someone who's going to murder a bunch of people. It's just someone who's just like, I just want to do what's going to feel good for me. Um. So. In that light, like, Amos isn't a pure sociopath because it's like he feels enough to know that he wants to follow someone with better judgment in a moralistic capacity. And I mean, yeah, he has but, he has that line of, you know, I've been trying to make choices on my own and they, that's not working out not, very well. Yeah, like, I loved that line. But, like, also I was, like, confused by what he was supposed to be until that one guy says you have to cut the last remaining ties like he was implying the last remaining ties to your self, your um, your conscious conscience. I'm saying that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, so he's not completely. He still has like a, a tiny sense of it, like like a tickle of what he should do. Um, it just gets very easily like overshadowed by everything else going on. So that's how he works as a character. But I did like like where he was just kind of thinking, should he go full? full no conscience and it obviously it's easier he can just do whatever the hell he wants but that's ultimately not who he wants to be and it was like this little self journey that he went on so i did think that was interesting something that you just said like i think that's really interesting is that amos knows that there's something wrong with him yeah and so he knows that his limitation is that he can't guide himself morally. Yeah, he considers um, it poor judgment on his on his behalf. Yeah, like I, I just think it's really interesting that that a character like who knows that is very, you know he's very good at being very violent and protecting people, um, but that directing sort of that fire hose should be left to upper management. Exactly. Um, 
which Sorry. I don't think. Um, so here's my problem with that. I guess now I can formulate my problem with Amos in a in a different way in light of okay. what you guys said. So, um, I get that he is this person who struggles with finding his moral compass and he knows that there's something wrong with him. Um, but does is he really concerned about the right things? Like, when he knows that there's something wrong with him, um, is that... Does that refer, for example, to that instant, uh, to that instance where he clocked the guy in the head with the um, um, vodka bottle or whatever it was? Um, does the the guy with the, the, guy with the, the who likes chicken? Oh, it was like a chicken can or yeah, something. Yeah, the video game. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is that, for example, one of the actions that he he regrets? I, it doesn't look like it. it. It looks like that's something that he considers. No. I just took care of business. Yeah, because he said some people deserve to be punished. So yeah, so he's still a fucked up person. I don't care that he yeah, knows. Yeah, he is a fucked up person. Well, but he doesn't even know it. He he's fucked up and he doesn't even know it because he does. He he does. I don't know. Do you? Mm-hmm. He. I feel like he completely gave his rationalization for why that dude deserved what he got. And I think as an audience member, I was like, well, yeah, that dude was kind of a piece of shit. No, well, first um, of all, he made a bunch you know, of so- assumptions about that guy that he had no idea about. And anyway, like, if he, I mean, I like... Th- I, th- I think we're supposed to take Amos's, like, history as sort of his credibility in that. Like, I think that we're supposed to know that Amos had a very not ideal upbringing. And so he probably he recognizes it out those too. people. He spells out his upbringing. Like, he, um, his mother was someone who was taken advantage of very early and was mm-hmm. taken into, like, sex trafficking. And yeah, and he grew up in a brothel. Yeah, and, and he was talking about what he said was, yes, she was, like, a prostitute until she got pregnant with him. And then at that point, she was still a prostitute, but just for, like, people who were into pregnant ladies. And the second he was born, she was tossed out on the street because she was no no longer useful to the brothel. So it was a very, like, I mean, under that kind of situation, how do you not only look out for yourself? Because nobody else did, obviously. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I was kind of, you know, on Amos' side for that. But at the same time, then we see him attack Alex. Um, we see him, like, sort of, like, lose control when... I think you can s- explain that psychologically, though. Like, if you think of the, um, the... F- I don't even know how to pronounce this. The fugue state? And, like, dissociative disorders? Like, a lot of dissociative disorders are caused by, like, um, childhood abuse. Especially mm-hmm. sexual nature. Um, and he even says, like, in the kids, like, they get brought into, like, the sex trade immediately, basically. So we can so only we think that Amos yes, was I think that I think that he was very clear that he was. Um, and so from that perspective, when he just kind of like goes blank and just does something, I think that's very much like a psychological response in terms of... To his PTSD. It's, yeah, but it's like um, the fugue state of him, or just, it's like a dissociative response where he's like, he kind of removes like his personal self from it and just acts very um what is even the word um his primary impulses 
Yeah, he just kind of checks out yeah. and like yeah. become goes yeah. on murder but, path. So, yeah, so anyway, um, it's like a p- problem, specific but, PTSD. Mm-hmm. My problem is that he doesn't know that's what's wrong with him. And so the whole thing about him knowing that there's something wrong with him is, is a red herring because he doesn't know what's wrong with him. He, he, whatever he thinks um, is the problem when he says, I haven't been right, making the right choices is irrelevant mm-hmm. because those are not the wrong choices that, that worry me. The ones that, that make me not, uh, not like him are not the ones that he's worried about. So his worries huh, don't matter to me. He's not worried about <laughs> clogging a guy in the head with a with a can for no fucking reason. Um so, you know, I'm then I'm not I don't care that he's he knows there's something wrong with him. Interesting. I don't think he's ever done anything without reason, but I think there's room to not like him. The severity of his actions, I think. Seem, well, yeah. what what I mean by like, no he, reason is he like ratchets you, it up to you an 11. don't like obviously the rule is you don't attack anyone unless you're being attacked, and why is that the that's rule? That's just the rule for a civilized society, and anyone who doesn't accept it can fuck off. Like they don't have a place in society. <laughs> Sorry, look, let me put that in my notes. Shaheen says Amos can fuck. <laughs> that's off. part of the social contract. That's uh, what takes us out of the state of nature. Is that we agree that think, we like, don't attack he's... each other unless we're being attacked. Let's let's talk about like because because we kind of have Amos unspooling, and then we also kind of have sort of these these issues with between and with uh, Naomi and Holden, yes. um, where they're kind of united and then they break apart, and then at the very end, you know, and then they come back together when when Alex and and Holden return, and then they all have yeah. to like work together to fight off the blue man that's on the <laughs> ship, and then at the very end. Uh, Naomi's like, so P.S. I gave Fred Johnson the proto-molecule, which, you know, is setting up another rift. It's very um, interesting, the, the relationship between these two. Um, obviously, it's influenced by their backgrounds. Like, Naomi, um, her viewpoint is, is always slanted towards the belt and OPA because of her past. Um, and Holden mm-hmm. has this sort of um, neutral position. Which, you know, uh, unsurprisingly, I agree with. Um, where, you know, he's like, dude, I don't care about your fucking sides. Um, it's just we're all in this in this together. And, you know, like, there's just one solution that's the best solution. And let's just find that. Um, and, you know, which I'm totally always on board with. But regardless, that's my personal bias. What do you, what but do you like, feel it's about interesting him? where they, you know, they they have this personal connection and romantic relationship, um, but they're like ideologically, um, they have disagreements, and I think that this type of thing is almost impossible to pull off in the real world. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens on this show. Uh, like having different politics, yeah. basically. Um, I mean, if you care about it so much, I mean, like, it's okay if you have different politics, but you're chill about it. But if you really care so much and you think so much is uh, riding on it, then you're going to be like, yeah, it's going to be hard. I mean, my parents what are, are you- about to go to counseling over Trump, and my dad doesn't even like Trump, really. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, what do you what do you think about about Holden? Because you you Shaheen, you said that you like that Holden sort of has these convictions and like wants to you know get away from tribalism and whatnot and like mm-hmm. just is like this needs to happen. But like one of the things that Alex brings up is you know you have to make a choice and, and that Naomi brings up also just like listen. We're not going to get all the proto molecule. You can't have this be the only thing that mm-hmm. you are focused on. Like, do you not care about you know saving Naomi and saving these other people? You know, we can't get all of this. Like, this is something that you're going to have to give up on. Um, like, what do you think about what do you think about that, Shaheen? Like, in terms of you know, does that like invalidate everything that he's done? Like, was it was he right to then you know realize that you know he wanted to so help the, Naomi? The fact like, that what, he turned around and and came to save Naomi and forgot about the protomolecule does that violate his yeah, like, like is that uh, going against his character does that violate his neutral position yeah um and like was it a good decision oh well was it a good decision well i mean from a god's eye point of view from like our point of view where we know that this is not the only um blue monster there's like an army of them somewhere uh of course yeah it was a stupid thing to try to go after that one um and you know because even if they killed it it wouldn't matter right um and you know so they would have just sacrificed um the rest of the team or naomi or whatever um so but like if you take that from like with the information that that Holden had um, is a slightly different. He might he seems to think that that's the last specimen of the proto molecule, which is kind of at this point is a dumb thing to think. It's like every single sample that they come across, they think, "Oh my god, this is the last one. We got to get rid of this one." And then they <laughs> they get rid of it, and they're like, "Oh shit, there's more of it." Um, well. <laughs> it's like a shitty scavenger hunt where you're just kind of like but like it's it's kind of like like the Ronco uh like infomercial of scavenger hunts where you're like and then there's actually one more thing like shitty and apple if you call review. now <laughs> you can get two extra proto molecules no extra anyway charge. um so yeah um, but so even with the information that he had i think it was kind of a shaky decision um and i, I, I it's not at all like obvious that he's prioritizing personal connection over like the good of humanity because it's not clear that he can do much about the good of humanity at this point. So um, it is sort of an instance of partialism. Like we talked about this before. Um, he's, uh, he's, uh, so, you know, he's obviously has to decide between something a person that he personally cares about, but, you know, in terms of just objectively, it's just one person uh, versus, you know, countless number of people. Um, but like I said, because the evidence on the side of, on the side of not going, not helping Naomi is so um, shaky, you know, it's not really clear that going after the proto molecule is going to help much. Um, a, I wouldn't really consider that a huge violation of his neutrality. It's also a little different uh, because one is neutrality with respect to like different factions. Um, 
the other one is neutrality with respect to whatever the um you know it's like just preferring personal connection over the greater good or you know so it's a slightly different type of partiality i mean i think what happened is we definitely saw the scene with when uh naomi decides to stay on the um uh the refugee ship uh somnambulist uh and then you know holden decides to go and chase you know chase around the proto molecule with alex um you know naomi saying we have to do good where we can and it sort of takes a while for holden to reckon with that and sort of agree with it um because he thought you know like once it became clear that this is not the you know getting the proto molecule eradicated is not something Mm -hmm. that can be done then the good he can do is you know saving these people um it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of the uh i do it every day from bellamy also his like we save who we can save today Mm -hmm. yeah like it felt very you know, Bellamy-ish. And then also to tie it back into the hundred, Naomi um, sort of having to decide who lives and who dies uh, on, on Ganymede and like sort of, you know, talking to them, to the, to the refugees and being like, listen, like we can't save all of you, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like it, it actually reminded me a lot of sort of the discussions that we had about Raven in season four um, when, you know, being the leader kind of fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, well, to me, because, yeah. Continue. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, like, to me, it was, like, the reverse of episode 412 for the 100, where Clark knocks out Bellamy to, like, close everyone out. In this one, Naomi knocks out Amos to let everybody in. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting, the way that they went about it. Um, and eventually, the same thing sort of happened, but just, like, in very different ways. It's also related to... Um discussions we had about uh situationism um how like these these are um, pretty well written characters so even though they have principles they don't always act on their principles in the situation and one thing about jim holden is that Mm -hmm. he's just this guy who is thrown i love that you call him jim like you guys are like so fucking casual you're like Everyone calls him Holden. His mom calls him James, but we're tight enough that he goes Jim. by Jim. <laughs> we're colleagues. <laughs> yes, Jim. And he's like, God, it's not my fucking name. You're like, whatever, Jim. Um, yeah. So he's he's um, largely just this guy who was thrown in, into the situation, and he's just trying to make decisions as he goes along. Um, and you know, so when he has time. To think about it, his principle is there is no us and them. Uh, there's there are no sides. We're just all humanity. Um, but you know, in the moment when he has to decide, you know, do I go after this blue monster or do I go save my girlfriend? It's you know, it's different. You know, and he has to like he has all these probabilities bouncing off in his head and like um, and his personal emotions and like he has to decide in a snap second you know so it's just it's different how we act in the situation did you guys find it interesting at all when they were deciding who got to be rescued um off ganymede that it was children young women and then Mm. young men versus you know like if we go with the titanic or something like they were saving like 
old yeah. ladies, which if we're talking, you know, if we're being really practical about things, that's not super helpful. I mean, it depends, like, what you think your outcome is going to be. Do you think that, like, we will save everybody, it just is a matter of time? Then, yes, you say elderly and newborns first, because those are, like, the, the biggest high-risk group. Um, and yeah, but this- these are survival situations of, like... But there's yeah. human human propagation. Yeah. So, it, but it's like if you think you're gonna save everybody, it's just like a time thing. Then yes, you save those people first. In this case, yeah, it, I think that it was we can't save everybody. So yes, children go first. Um, people. I still can, think that they should take that they should save old people last, even if yes, they think that they okay. can save everyone. Well, it's, <laughs> but it's yes, I think that it's a. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different. Um, what's the word schools of thought in terms of how you yes exactly that's the right word um i read this or read i listened to this really interesting podcast about that which the narrator or the the guest podcast person pissed me off so much because she was like this this doctor who was no longer a doctor to me for good reasons um was she like was she like kicked out of like did she lose her medical license no it's she just was horrible at triaging and she had a triage in a situation and it it, like ruined her from being a medical professional for the rest of her career what did she do no it's just that like she couldn't handle it so then like she talks about how she went to um haiti after the the tsunami thing and um earthquakes yes earthquake tsunami wasn't it both probably everything's terrible um yeah and she so she was talking about this like she was like yeah it was horrible i was like i went there to like get the story and i was in an ambulance with with this lady who she had like emphysema or something chronic where she just had trouble breathing and they only had so many air tanks left and so they, the medical staff decided to not give her more air, and they just transferred her to somewhere where she was probably going to go die. And this was an older lady. Um, and so she, this um, ex-doctor slash journalist rode in the ambulance with her, and she was like, I couldn't handle it. She was like, she was basically suffocating in, in open air. And so I stopped the ambulance, and it it happened to be where we stopped. There was a a clinic, and, like, my ex-professor of something happened to be there. So I got him to give her oxygen, and then she lived. And then I had her visit the U.S., and eventually she died of what she had. But, like, I I helped her life. And, like, the whole time I'm listening to this, I'm like, how many people who would have actually long-term survived died because you took the, the resources away from them by knowing people to give this person this thing. Like, yeah, no, this bitch sounds like an idiot. She was. It was, like, <laughs> ridiculous. And she's like, well, you just... And so, like, the, the podcast people were way more... Um, what's the word? Um, Sympathetic? No, they were they were just, like, more... <laughs> um, I, I don't... I want to say level-headed than me, because I would have been, like, screaming what you're screaming. Um, <laughs> they are like, oh, okay, well, well, what do you do when you have to... Um, when you only have so many things to give people and you have to decide because eventually you have to decide who gets it. There isn't like, oh, we'll just wait for new supplies to come in because that's not always what's going to happen. Like you're going to get to a point where you have to like make a decision. And she's like, well, we just, no, I don't, I won't, I won't make it. And just like, that's not the answer. Like that doesn't solve anything. It's so, so she was it just so against triage to. in general. Um, yeah. So basically. did she, she's like, come how? up with something else. And I was like, 
There is nothing else. It's the whole point. And there are people, there's a nurse who replied to her from Katrina and was like, in Katrina, we had people die. There was nothing we could do. We literally had to be like, okay, we can get 20 people to live today or have 10 people live. Let's go with 20. You know, it was like a, it was a really horrible numbers game and it was traumatizing, but you do. This gets, yeah. This gets into our into our Bellamy discussion about uh you know saving saving those oh my slaves. God. Oh my um, God. <laughs> Don't get me started. Versus was, versus the water you know the water treatment know, thing. I I, um, I stuck with Bellamy through the three hundred warrior massacre, <laughs> and it was like it was a slave thing that almost broke me. Because <laughs> I mean yeah like what do you how do you put value on on whoever's numbers like what and if you don't know the future like obviously we're we're allowed to be like armchairy about this um i guess i guess that you like i've spent a lot of time thinking about it i guess you can prioritize i can see prioritizing something that you is more um what's the word untangible it seems like you're doing more but at the same time it's like it's not the well this decision. relates to our and sorry go ahead <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, that's it. This that's also relates to our uh, conversation about empathy and how empathy makes you do the wrong thing. These are all examples of empathy where, you know, with this old lady who was in need of oxygen or, um, you know, all of these examples of mm-hmm. triage where you feel like well, do, the, the, the problem is some people just can't handle this urge to save the person who's suffering in front of What's them. What's in yeah. front of them. Um, and, you know, this exactly. is very normal. Like, it's so like, much if proximity. If you think about it, like every day when you go to work, you know, um, or whatever, like I take the bus and I see like like one person is um, standing, maybe they're like um, um, a little old or or or, um, or sick or something, and and they just kind of uh, they're like falling over, and you see like five people rushing to just hold them and help them um, not fall down. And it's like they feel like it's so important to them that they they felt they helped this person not fall on the ground, um, and you know there's like mm-hmm. just a few miles away from them there's like people being murdered and whatever like and Ooh, they don't yeah. you know there's no reaction from them because they're just not in front of them. Obviously, if it was you can yeah. tell them the statistics. You can say if you gave five dollars a month, you yeah. can help this many people, right. and they won't do it. But one person in front of them, and they're ready to like stop everything. Till it, it's like to me, so, it's selfish. Well, then, it, so like it's selfish in a very human way. is right. Shouldn't we all get lobotomies? Because then we won't make these stupid decisions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think we should get yes. to the point where we let computers make most of the decisions for us. Oh my god, which did we gets not to fucking Ali. learn this. I know, I know, I know. But like, I don't mean like, I don't mean. Sophie super sophisticated artificial intelligence. No, I'm not waiting for Allie to tell us to nuke everybody. I'm saying scientifically. But, but this Allie. is, yeah, the, what you're saying is exactly <laughs> the kind of logic message. that leads to to uh, the kind of decision that Allie made. Pops. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, there is a different, like, let's let's put the math into a computer and say, like, these are these are the conditions we should help because they have a, a better likelihood of of having people survive. In the instances where we don't follow that, it's someone who contributes a lot, which I know that is not fair. But if there's like a scientist whose science has already saved like 
thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, obviously, like, we want them to continue doing the work. That person is more valuable. I would say that person's ideas. Let me are more ask valuable. you this: So, so we want let's them to say that we, we um, create this algorithm that uh, calculates the uh, long-term expected utility of any course of action. So, and let's say that your expected utility in this case is just in terms of how many people, how many lives you save. Um, and so we say, like, what if we take action A, and then it calculates, like, okay. If you take course of action A, um, then, you know, in the year uh, 2017, this many people will die. The 2018, this many people will die. And, and it just adds them up. And, you know, maybe more people die in the short term, but fewer in the long term or vice versa. Um, you know, different actions might lead to like different short term or long term casualties. Um, and this program just adds up all of the casualties and, you know, to like some indefinite mm-hmm. amount of time in the future um, where we expect the, the, you know, the effects of the action to um, have completely died down at that point. And it, turn, and it chooses the course of action for you that has, uh, that saves the, the largest number of lives. Um, no, that's not the, that's not the number that I would want to go towards it's about you have to factor in sure let's right. factor that in so what is, let's what factor. is the i was minimum... just thinking about a simple example yeah. where we assume that every life has like an average that the average goal is quality. saving but let's life. say saving lives and retaining right. so let's quality say it maximize the algorithm algorithm maximizes quality of life so long-term aggregate expected quality of life um now mm-hmm. here's my question what if this, this algorithm tells you that the best course of action for maximizing long-term aggregate um, quality of life is to nuke the world, which creates a lot of short-term suffering, mm-hmm. but in the long term, it leads to a lot more uh, quality of life because, for example, in an extreme case, because any other course of action leads to a lot more uh, short-term um, happiness and, and quality of life, but it, they all they all mm-hmm. result in a complete annihilation or extinction of the human race in a hundred years, for example. Whereas New Kingdom sure. allows I mean, them to live for like, like say a hundred thousand yeah. years, and the first the first thousand years is gonna sure. suck, but the next nine hundred and ninety nine thousand years is gonna be awesome. I mean, I, I like think that, that that's infeasible. <clears throat> it should be a virus that is targeted to only affect. 80% uh-huh. of the population, so it doesn't ruin the earth. But still, the the whole point is a computer can come up with that solution, but you are the human handler to say that's obviously not what's going to work for everybody. What do you mean? So let's see how we can get population growth in the biggest population growth areas to 1% or to what is it? It's like one um to 1. So it's like we're reducing population over time. Um so it's you do have to have the human factor who's like, well, that's okay, not acceptable. What is the principle behind that? Though? We can't ruin the Let's earth. Let's take your virus example. I mean, the that's still not behind, acceptable, right? Yeah, there isn't. There isn't a. There isn't like a. Yeah, there isn't really a guideline. But I feel like that is the part where a computer can't figure out versus a human can say. Obviously, we're not going to nuke everybody, for lots of reasons. Yes, is that the easiest solution? 
for sure. We'll get we'll get where we want to go the fastest way by nuking. But everybody. so far, you, it seems we like we can't do that. So let's let's revisit. Uh, so like, when it comes to the triage case, it seemed like you were saying the only thing we should be focusing on is the consequences. But now it seems like you're saying, and of course, if you're taking the consequences, well, you sure, should because take it's like long-term consequences. Certain things aren't scalable in terms of like. You have a disaster in an area. You do the best good that you can in that area. It's not, I feel like being proactive in the sense of like nuclear bombs is different than triage. Is it really though? Because so, like the, the, I, I the hand see, that I, you've been dealt it, is yeah. here's this this population of people who are living on this planet. And if we let it mm-hmm. go, like the let it unfold the way it is. Um, they're all going to die in 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have this option to to spread this virus and, you know, kill 80% of them. And remember, well, you have to choose the weakest ones when you to, to spread the virus. So sure. the weakest and the unhealthiest sure, can, and the poorest are the ones you're going to be targeting. So No, you just target the people with certain, like... Genetical markers. You target people with celiac disease. You tar- target people who yeah. Have, I mean, those are like, gonna be the, just... the weaker, the <laughs> weaker and the poorer celiacs. people Fuck are those people. Be. <laughs> Sorry, people with wheat intolerance. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, like yes, that does make things easier for the future population that you're trying to build. Is all right, you know, thin you out. You still want to maintain diversity, difficult. but sure, you don't want people with cystic fibrosis for, you know, you don't want people what who about, have... I mean, you also have to choose, oh God, like... I'm being, I'm being very impulsive. You're eliminating... Incorrect. I know, we're you're eliminating we're getting 80%, right so you have to well, choose, like... Joe, we should uh, definitely have a, more gay people. You have to decide. Though. People have different IQs. Who, which people are you going to save? Uh, you're probably going to go with the higher IQ people, well, right? that's... You know what? That's the hard part because so if you talk about um, genetic diversity, yes, you want to have a lot of genetic diversity, but I don't know. I don't know if autism is the equalizer where it's it's shown that having two parents with high IQ increases the amount of autism. Um, so I don't know if I mean it's so complicated. Um, because you'd think that, like, just going with higher IQ it does totally make sense because we need people who can solve the problem. We need people who are innovative and bring new ideas. And that's not limited by people with high IQ. It's limited by people with different human experiences and come from different walks of life. But this is um, different than triage. Like, what you guys are talking about, yeah, like, the whole thing sure. about triage this is, is that it's an emergency snap decision. And so yeah. it's who can be saved right fucking now versus but I, what I, population yeah, I think, are we going to kill off? I don't off? think what there's a the difference, though, because the, the only saved. difference between them is that 100 years sounds like a long time to a human being. But but it is it is sure. an emergency. But but we're not going to know. It is if an emergency from the point of view like, of, like, if you look at, like, there's there are millions of years... Uh, of life um to be had and 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 you're looking at if you have to decide like we have to do something now or there's a point of no return now being like in the next few years or or whatever uh, or there will be a point of no return uh it it is kind of an i mean that's the situation we're assume we're supposed to assume ali was put in that you know she calculated in 1952 that the we have a few months to hit the uh, point of no return where um, there is just no way to... There, mm-hmm. All the paths, all the uh, uh, simulated 
uh, outcomes lead to total extinction. I mean, so we we have to act now. Now I agree with you both exists, about the bombs versus I virus. I support it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but I I yeah, think it's the same. It's obviously. just it's the same as triage. Why is it not? I think the problem with the virus is that it seems like because you would have to specifically target people, it it does seem like less PC than just it, nuking everybody, well, <laughs> like you're letting making, it. You're making choices not about who has the highest probability of surviving, which is triage of like redirecting resources to, okay, these are the people I can save. I don't know about their IQ. I don't know about like any genetic issues that they have. All I know is that like you are young and have a high probability of living and, and propagating. And you and have um, pneumonia. What am I yeah. going to do with that? You could get whipping cough and then give it to everybody. All the babies will die. Like <laughs> Versus, yeah, versus something like, you know, Ali's situation of like, or, you know, in the case of us talking about viruses or something like that, well, then it's, then it's, uh, this thing in the future of, okay, well then who do we want to save in order to build this society that is better in the, you know, at at some point in the future? Like, I I think, I mean, they're just, they're different, they're different criteria. Um, Because whoever is smartest in, in the case of somebody say, let's say Stephen Hawking, like he, his brain deserved to be saved if we are long-term thinking about who is going to be saved. However, yeah. if we are just in a natural disaster and you see him on the side of the road, um, you know, without his little talkie box, <laughs> he is not someone that, unless you knew who he was, that, that quote-unquote deserves oh. the resources to be saved. If because, we didn't know who he was, nobody would stop. Well, because he needs to, so many resources to stay alive. Yeah, I mean, he needs, like, a a ventilator. Like, if we don't have power, he's dead already. We wouldn't even drive by him. (laughs) Sorry, we started off talking about how Holden and Naomi, um, their their relationship, right? And how they disagree. And and this relates to what we were talking about before, about the politics of, like, Dawes versus Holden and all of that, uh, versus Fred Johnson versus Holden. Um, I thought that uh, the whole issue with like transparency about the proto molecule um, has always been kind of really messy on this show. Like, I know ne- I'm never clear on what people's rationales are for either hiding it or sharing it, and it seem they seem to sometimes switch. Like one time mm-hmm. they they like murdered some people because they didn't want people to know about the proto molecule like the the scientist ship yeah yeah the the french the french yeah. scientists well, they sounded french <laughs> um, even though they weren't but whatever uh so i i think that at the end of that episode or maybe the next episode or something uh then holden was like adamant about how we should tell everyone about the proto molecule so it's like well you just killed a bunch of people because you thought we shouldn't tell anyone and now you change your mind so it's and and either, when they said it, we should hide they, it. No, I wasn't they killed clear them because they were getting. They said we should share it. I wasn't clear on. No, 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 no. It was about exposure. They yeah, didn't know they, if kinda, they were yeah, contaminated okay. I mean, or not. Either way, though, like the, he still changed his mind about like whether we should share the information. Oh, okay. Well, with the with those guys, it was when they thought they hadn't gone to the station they were okay with them yeah they're like okay they fine. said we Just already leave. landed there um when they realized yeah. that they had yeah. visited okay point t- point taken yeah but i still like my point broader point was that he 
uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Holden changed his mind. And and it was a high-stake issue. Like, it, a lot hangs on that. Of Like like I said, it's a matter of, like, sometimes you have to wonder if someone is going to uh, leak the information. What are you going to do with that person? You know? mm-hmm. But then it's always the justifications are unclear. And then the same thing, I think, goes for, like, should we keep it or destroy it? They never sit down and, like, hash this out and be like, okay, here are, like... Uh, SWAT this like strengths, weaknesses, and you know opportunities <laughs> and threats. Okay, so yeah. opportunities for keeping it or, or sharing the information, like either one. Which Naomi talks and about. And then you know what are then. some of the threats and what are the strengths and weaknesses of either decision? They just kind of like go by their hunch any moment. I feel like I don't know. What do you? How do you guys feel about this? I think that's, no, that's fair. I think that, yes, I think that most of their decision with protomolecule has to do with they don't know what it is. So they're like, no, fuck, burn it up because they don't understand it. And which isn't the best reason. But at the same time, as I've expressed in every other podcast for this, <laughs> is that like, um, it, it's kind of like a flesh eating bacteria. It, it consumes all. So, yes, I say burn it, too. <laughs> um, but that still does come from a sense of, like, not understanding it. Um, but you're you're basically of the you're, – you're exactly what doctor – what the – shit, what, what was his name? Um, the the – Dr. Meng w- was telling Holden, like, this is what all of you people do is just, you know, whatever it is yeah. that you don't understand, yeah. you want to destroy it. That's also yeah, but meanwhile I mean, Holden's like, evidence, but also this thing's really bad. Yeah, all evidence up until that point is that it's a flesh eating bacteria. Um, sure, if we can consider it from a different angle, in that it like is self teaching and whatever, whatever. I mean, there's another fear also that goes along with that, which is just like it's is it smart more enough to kill all of us? Than we are, you know. It's yeah, it, it and it's yeah. it, I I don't. I ultimately, I don't, I don't think we could ever trust to be able to control so it. So I, I say, I mean, this it, is a bit of a distraction but... <laughs> from the point that I was trying to make, which is that, like, regardless of what the right decision is, there's just like it's there's no there like what is the right decision? It's just like people Depends randomly decide what should be done and they impose that because on other people because they have a spaceship or something. It, it seems like the mm-hmm. right thing to do is to just share this information with yeah. some rational people who have s- some scientific knowledge Thank you, Raven. and tell them okay what is the right thing to do and let them decide i don't know or something or get together and like yes like i said swat it or something it's not like the it's just like fred johnson but comes a- in and is like we should tell everyone about the proto molecule and then holden is like we should tell no one Shaheen's like, Fred what? Johnson. Okay, what, guess, are, like, but like, uh, what are some rationales <laughs> for telling people and what are some rationales for not telling but, people? And like, yeah. Okay. Rationale for not telling people. Coming from corporate America, where idiots wield all the money, don't tell people about it. Because they're not going to understand it and they're going to want to try to like control it and we're they're just going to wipe everybody out. Like that's... That's the easiest um, pathway I see it taking um, versus someone who's like, we need to contain this shit. 
I would much rather be on that side. Contain or destroy. Um, but at the same time, like, yes, like, if if this is the precursor to an alien race that's going to come up next, of course you want to, like, wa- um, what is it called? War of the Worlds this and know that they're allergic to water and, and spray them with water when they get here. Um, and we wouldn't know that unless we study the protomolecule. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, so I, I... But you don't want corporate America to take control we don't we don't want our equifax uh data breach uh to be in charge but, uh, of the so like hiding um, the information is not it's not clear to me that that has anything to do with who gets a hold of it arguably uh the more secretive you are about it the more because the people already know it exists there is already whether um private or public um they know it exists Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're so worried about, I'm not sure why you're more worried about corporations than governments, but regardless, they know. There are people who know, and this information people is going to land money. in the hands of um, people who would be able to benefit from it. It's ordinary people who would not know about it. All right. You're not we, we, completely sealing the information off from the world. You're just deciding who gets it and who doesn't haphazardly on the basis of your own hunch just share the information with the people who need to know it which might arguably be every single person in the world who need to know needs to know this thing exists and then they will you know whatever decision that they make together and you know let's 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 table this discussion and and try 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 to wrap up this storyline um I, I just had one thing that I wanted to talk about, but Shaheen, did you want to say... Is it going to be Naomi with that one girl? Because yes, what's up with Wait, that? Wait, what? Naomi with what? What's her face? Oh, them, uh, Draper? No, no, not Draper. No, um, no, 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 no. Lady, um, mm, Frank's right hand, Fred. Fred's right hand? Fred's. Oh, yeah, what, what, what about her? They, they are going to bang in the next season? Right. Okay, good. I think that they are. Even though I really do love Holden in um, in Naomi, I really do. I think they're cute. I think that they're like honest. But with it's, each not, other it's not. It's not. It's not their relationship. Game. Well, it's. I'm. I would be fine with it being Endgame, but at the same time, I do think that they're building something with Naomi and what's her face, or else what were those scenes? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Why? But here's the thing. The only thing that I wanted to like touch on before we take a little break, um, and this gets into something that we're. Two really distinct uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey uh, references, um, visually and, and, and script-wise. So when they kill the proto-molecule humanoid with, uh, with the, the jet burn or whatever outside of the Rossi, and how it was like kind of floating and holding on to something and uh, in sort of a fetal position. The nuclear ball. It was uh-huh. totally from that frame of, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, and then late, and then on Earth, we also hear, um, you give a monkey a stick, inevitably he'll beat a monkey, another monkey to death with it. And that was sort of the very opening of 2001. Um, oh, was Where it? a monkey, remember. like, picks up a bone and sort of it's, like, about tool use. And that the first thing that this monkey does with this tool is beat another monkey to death. Um Oh, really? Yeah, so it was just these two, like, sort of a bookend of of the movie um, that we saw. But, like, I, I feel like those were probably pretty... I miss that. Pretty uh, sort of overt references. Um, yeah. Yeah, so th- that's all. I just wanted to bring that to people's attention. Um, do you guys want to take cool. a quick little break, and then we'll come back and talk about uh, Earth? 
Yeah, um, I might need more than 10 minutes because I'm definitely going to walk my dog so he doesn't whine more. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll be back. Bye. All right. Um, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we had a little hiatus. Some dogs, some people went to the bathroom. Some people had some snacks. It's a whole thing. And um, if you know why dogs quick, can't just poop in a box like cats do, just let us know. You can teach them. <laughs> then why don't you? Why, why don't, don't dog do owners do that? Because I already feel like my dog is depressed enough that he spends so much time inside that I don't want to exacerbate that by like having him spend all his his time inside. I think it's like therapeutic for him to poop outside. Oh, like I mean, I get that. Like that you want to like let your dog out and like do the whole thing, but like at the same time, then like even people who like have backyards and stuff. You know, if you don't, like, want your dog to shit all over your backyard, you still take it out on walks. Like, why wouldn't you then just teach it to shit in a box? <laughs> I mean, I think I could probably teach him to shit in a box. Not I, I feel like any dog but Bonsai. I feel like Bonsai would just be like, mm, no. I think I could use him, teach him to use a toilet. He's very human-like and fussy. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I look forward to that being the next thing that we sort of <laughs> check in on on every podcast, how you're toilet training your dog is going. Update, he poops um, in the toilet but doesn't know how to flush yet. I feel like that is sort of the main issue with anyone teaching, like, because, you know, you see the videos of people teaching cats how to shit, you know, in a toilet. And I'm like, yeah, that's great, except for the fact that you just keep coming back to the toilet with, like, turds in them. I mean, and, like, it's not so bad, though, right, I guess? I don't know. Here. Like, it just means then that, like, well, turds have been dissolving in your <laughs> toilet and, like, your bathroom just probably stinks like cat shit. It's a little poopy. Ugh. Hard pass. Learn how to light a goddamn match, kid. <laughs> well, no, but so you have, like, the spaceship poop collector for cats, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, like, automatic litter box. Yeah. Yes. So the, the cats that I once in a while cats it for also have the spaceship poop collector. But as you, your issue when you're talking about Buzz recently, how he went in there to poop, but it had, like, gotten filled up. So he accidentally, <laughs> like, sort of stepped in his own poop. Um, <laughs> so the, one of the cats has this, like, very, like, um, fluffy tail. So oh. while I was there, it got filled up. And then she got shit all over her tail. And, like, in trying to clean that, it was, like impossible to the point where I just like cut off a lot of tail fur <laughs> and then like what did you tell the people that you were cat sitting well, for like sorry I shaved back, your cat I was like I I reached I reached a juncture where it was me cutting off her hair or just letting her like sit in her own shit <laughs> and she was like oh I, I I normally just cut off the hair it happens a lot and I was like oh good I'm Ooh, glad I made the right decision <laughs> Here's here's the thing. Counterpoint to that. Don't get those cats with the really crazy long floofy hair that like it requires so much maintenance. Her name is Lulu. She was very I mean, of course floofy. It is. Yeah. Is she a smush does she have a smushed face? No, she doesn't, thank God. Okay. Yeah, the smushed face is weird. She's not genetically impaired. Okay, great. So she might get saved in our alley futurist world. Yeah, she is a rescue cat. Okay, super. Um all right, so I thought we were going to leave uh, the Rossi, but we do have one little last thing, and that has to do with whether or not Holden is clearly the quote-unquote good guy. Um, I mean... Which, Shaheen, you note that uh, <laughs> that is far more explicit than the 100, which sort of waffles between everyone being good and bad. Well, it waffles between anybody being good and bad. Right, I mean... Yes. 
the the morality of the hunter is obviously you know always um, questioning whether there is such a thing as good guys and bad guys when there are um, when there is a sort of conflict where everyone is just trying to save whoever they're responsible for are they any are any of them good um, and uh, on the expense obviously this is you know not a question that the writers want us to think about because everyone every character thinks that Holden is clearly the good guy mm-hmm. yeah and we have no well, evidence to the contrary so we don't well, I kind of appreciate enough I, I appreciated the conversation though the sort of like last rights conversation with Amos where Amos was basically like you make some dumb, like you sometimes make bad decisions, but it never feels, it always feels like you were trying to be a good man while you do it. Yeah. And so does that, like, is that what makes somebody a good person? Is that their intentions are good or that the results are good? Yeah. Well, that's the I million mean, dollar question, right? If you know that the results are going to be good. But you can never know that. But if you, okay, so here's my issue that, like, I'm always going to be the means justify, wait, the ends justify the means kind of person, because... Yeah, I think I fucked that up earlier in the show um, when I was talking about Amos, <laughs> but whatever. Everyone knows that I'm an idiot, so Because, like, the thing is, like, if I'm not gonna honor that just because it makes me feel bad, that's my issue. If I have the, I, I have the power to do something where the end result is better than anything else, but it, like, makes me feel bad. I think that that's... Is that a human condition? Sure. But I also feel like if I can overcome that, then that's the better decision. But you weren't... Uh, you aren't always an end justified, end justifies means person. Did you say you are? What do you mean? I think that I am, but well, what... Well, we just had this conversation. You don't choose the, the virus option or the nuke option. The nuclear option. That's the um, that's the end justifies okay. means option. Sure. Sure. Um I yeah, you're right. Um I think that the fact that it's a very not PC option affects <laughs> my choice of it. <laughs> so there is something um, other than consequences. See, traditionally more uh, moral theories there are like three major moral theories. Um, uh-huh. um that are based on um, three things that you might think about. One is the consequences. Every time you want to th- make a decision that has moral import, there are three things you might think about. One is the consequences. One is your duties, that things that you ought to do res- regardless of the consequences. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also your own character that you want to think about. The, what is this going to do to you as a as a person. I mean, I don't care and to about your me. Virtues. Um, um, so, so yeah, one is called, you know, consequence. They're called consequentialism. Uh, I think it should be based on the consequences. And I guess like, yes, I don't see the, I want to make sure that if we're going to use a virus to kill 80% of the population, it's just like, it, it does become a problem of like who. And yes, I know that I said like the people with the weakest, um, genetic markers, which to me makes sense. Um, but I guess I'd want to think about it a lot because diversity and genetics, even like weaknesses, like think about sickle cell anemia. Sure. It, it's a weakness, 
but at the same time, it makes you immune to malaria. So there's there's things really? that you can't. Yeah, there's and, and malaria well, is the biggest killer. Like, yeah. mosquitoes Here's, and malaria are the biggest killer. And if you are um, heterozygous for sickle cell anemia, not homozygous, you're dead in the water if you're homozygous. But heterozygous for sickle cell anemia, <laughs> you are immune to malaria, and it becomes a very um, important genetic marker for survivability in um, certain parts of Africa. It's two questions. Number one, is bonsai in your lap? Um, no, he's actually two, humping his um, unicorn pillow pet behind oh, me. Oh, so it's, it's bonsai it's sexy time. time. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I don't know if you can sorry. hear his like, a little... collar jingling. Oh, but yes, we, we can hear the jingle and some panting, so I wasn't sure, <laughs> but I don't, you know, hey man, if he's if he's getting down, like, you far know be what? it from me. He's enjoying himself and... <laughs> I, far be it for me to stop him. Why would I stop him? Like, it's not hurting anybody. <laughs> um, I can't remember what my second point was. Um, let's just go with the dog fucking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so, so anyway, okay, there's so... there's consequences and there's uh, duties and then there's uh, your character or virtues. And so these are, and you might wonder, like, where does intention, where do intentions go? You can, you can put them with duties, right? So... It's like the things that, like, for example, not targeting innocent people might be something that you have as a principle, as a, as an obligation, as a duty. That like sending the, the delinquents down to earth in the hundred. Mm-hmm. Or like your virus thing. Um, that might be, that might trump anything about, like, um, consequences. You might think, well, I'm just not going to, because if you just think about the consequences, then, you know you can just make the scenario as horrible as you want. You know, you can justify genocide with it. You know, you can say, well, if these two people live here together, there's going to be war between them forever for like hundreds of years. Why don't just... So let's wipe them out and make room for a bunch of other people to live in peace. No, sure, like... I get that. We can at least wipe out one of them. Like, why don't, why don't we like help one of them wipe out the other one and then there will be peace. But we don't do that because, you know, Apparently, consequences are not the only thing that we uh, care but about. But, like, that kind of... I think that, like, you can almost, like, justify, like, well, if someone has been brought up to fight against another person, there's... It's just a lot of drama. And just getting rid of the other group doesn't mean that you're going to get rid of that drama. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, so I, we might wonder, like, do we think that Holden is a good person because he's a virtuous, he has a virtuous character, or because he has good intentions for in, the individual decisions that he makes? I because, think like, sometimes a- you might wonder, does it, sometimes he does seem to get vicious a little bit. There was a gradual devolution, moral devolution. He, he, he got a little evil he, towards yeah. the end of this. He Ahab a bit. He got, yeah, he, like, got a little, a little focused. Um, but I think that it's just, sure, you can judge people by intention, and you can also judge people by inclination to have passionate intention, which would send them on crusades, and you could just get rid of all those people just to avoid all the drama. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many different pathways you could take, basically. Yeah. Okay, so Holden is neither good nor evil, and we have to wait and see. Cool. Well, I let's think you move can on judge him. <laughs> yes, let's move on. But I think you can judge people by intention while still saying that the the their intention is problematic to the eventual whatever, and discount them for that, despite them being good. 
Okay. Yes, continue. Okay. Yes. Um, all right. So moving on to the Earth storyline, uh, we got a fuck ton of Christian, who I feel was in just just superb, superb bitchy form. Like the number of fucks she dropped was just amazing. Like when when she was questioning uh, Bobby Draper and the Mars delegation was like, you know, what what you know. What the fuck are you are you asking her? And and I mean, she was like, whatever whatever I goddamn like. I was like, oh my god, Christian. Like I love you. She it just I also yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, I'm just I'm just going on like a, a masturbatory thing. <laughs> well, just to add your masturbatory her. thing. You're really Christian. into the guilt I, thing too. The what? No. No, finish. I feel like I'm interrupting everybody. <laughs> no, I just said uh, uh Joe was Really deep into the whole guilt thing. Guilt, guilt, thing? guilt. Like remember the whole guilt. Oh, guilt. Yeah. Yes. Right. Are yeah. No, I totally. Hundred percent. If we're being right. Wait, wait, wait. So everyone on the show would. I mean, I think she could teach me things, but oh, I don't. I'd want her. No, those, it would be one of those pornos where like she teaches me something while I'm doing something to someone else. You know? <laughs> oh, okay. Like, okay. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, mom and given the way that she looked shared. at Bobby Draper, uh, <laughs> what? The mom and daughter well, shared kind of scene. Oh, oh God. God. No. God, Shaheen. No, it's only hot no. when it's But really, though, would you bang Christian? What? I'm asking what? Shaheen now, because you said that you would, technically. Would you, um, would you would Christian? Would you hit... Yeah. Uh, sorry, you keep getting cut off. Do I, would I... Would you fuck Christian? Would I fuck Christian? <laughs> uh, no, due to age difference. You're full of shit. She's so cool. She's so cool. Um, she doesn't need to be, um, what's the word? Just... To be hot. She's like one of the few ladies I feel that is still hot despite being obviously those outfits this oh my god no my comment was wait what was are you comment? attracted to women bubs no i'm not so you know i'm gonna say it's just between me and joe okay so i can be attracted to old guys but you can't and and she wait what oh you can be attracted to old guys but it's, Actually, it's no, not, I'm not so really attracted to that many old guys so i take that back but like here we go somebody Somebody, some people. <laughs> Moving on. Oh my god. Okay. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's start talking about Earth and Mars. So uh, and my, Bobby coming down and and also wait, Christian's sorry. jewelry. I just have to make a comment about like if she has a store, girl, sell your stuff because like I would buy everything she's wearing. Despite the fact that I think that chunky necklaces you want the Christian and QVC channel. Yes, I do. I would buy everything on her Christian QVC channel. I don't even know what channel that is, but I'd fit. I'd find out. Cool. Cool. Um. <laughs> so, what did you guys like? Dislike? Uh, any sort of like themes that that you guys noticed within the uh, the Earth uh, Mars sort I of mean, summit and I l- and Bobby going on a walkabout and I have a lot to say about yeah. Bobby, but I will start okay. with saying that. I love how impotent she makes that one guy feel to the point where he's just making horrible political decisions just to undermine her because he can't stand it. He can't stand how much better at politics she is. Um, that What's his face? The guy that, like, sends the Mars guy into a heart attack purposefully. Oh, yes. 
Yes, he's kind of a dick. He's he's just like he's a dick who's bad at his job and he takes it out on her. Um yeah, he's just like he's kind of pathetic. Um and I have questions about this. So, did you guys remember the line with um I call her Gunny and I have no idea why, but I swear that it was like part of the show. Well, that's her um, nickname. I was okay. So, I'm not like wrong when I say that. No, no. Okay, okay. I mean, not about that. <laughs> Um, and then that she, guy's name is Aaron Wright, right? Is that who you're talking about? Oh, is that the name? I, yeah, I, I really don't know what his name is. The guy with the son, he's not wholly terrible, but at politics he is. Yeah, his name is Aaron Wright. Also, that, that like fucking weird conversation that he had with his son and like trying to be the cool dad, like sitting him down and being it like, was, whoa, you and I don't talk very often, kiddo, but let me tell you about following your heart and, yeah. you know, having good intentions, uh, which was But I think that was like, it thing. was meant to humanize him and it did. Like he, he's obviously not a terrible person, but he lets his human side of like um, jealousy and whatever get in the way of like how he interacts in politics and it's unfortunate. He lets it happen. So last thing we know about him is that he what did he do he forcibly took over the un or is he, he just he's like surreptitiously um giving information to julie mao's dad right mm-hmm. and he um he's trying to like figure out politics on his own because he wants to be the person who does it but he's not as good as it so that message that the video message that he sent what was what exactly did he say that he was going to do wait which one when uh christian got to uh mao's spaceship or whatever mm-hmm. uh and they were uh yeah they got there and they got a message from aaron Wright. they they said it was a an urgent message and then he made some sort of threat he said that i can bomb the place that you are um until like what what was his demand that you i missed that i don't i have no idea i remember that talk but i was too distracted and waiting for bobby to come back and start whooping ass in her in her in her um military suit her bellamy like diehard moment oh my god right (laughs) yes it was so good i love her so much like Bobby, so this time around, like, I liked her immediately because I remembered that, like, she, I, like, warmed up to her at, um, I think, wait, I wrote it down. There was, like, a specific moment that I warmed up to her. No, it was the first episode of this round. It was, um, when the shit happened to her on Ganymede. Like, she was like, oh, this shitty assignment, whatever. But then, like, she had that moment where the UN, um, the UN army people were charging her and she thought that they were attacking, but it was really the the blue guy um, that was attacking them that was making them run. But so it was that, like, her dealing with all that, I was like, well, that sucks. Like, yeah, I guess I can see how that's horrible, despite you being, like, horrible. Um, And I kind of, the first time around, I was, like, less sympathetic. But at the same time being like, well, I got why you feel that way, whatever. But, like, eventually, and I think it was in in the trial where she... Is supposed to say, like, yes, we fired first, it was our bad, I'm so sorry, so that war doesn't happen. And um, the second that Mars used her friend, who was Earthborn, but, like, a, a legit Martian, to as a scapegoat, and she was just not having any of that. Um, I just, 
her loyalty was like very endearing and then everything and then in retrospect everything like her coming to earth and not putting on the sunglasses and just like um duking it out herself like everything became endearing mm-hmm. um okay yeah i mean it, it was a very sort of interesting lens to see earth through yes for sure um, because we also don't have like a good things- we don't have a good view of Earth. We don't really understand to the point where her coming across those people who, like, the medication was taken away. I'm like, well, this is not the Earth that the Belters talk about. This is not the Earth that Martians talk about. Like, obviously, Earth has a lot of issues. In no right. I mean, and, and the funny issue that, that Earth has is too many people. Yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed yes. that. Like, yes. You know. Allie was maybe not necessarily quite so off base because that's sort of the issue is that if you have that many people, how do you provide? You don't have options for all of them. I mean, that's not so obvious to me. That's just kind of something that bothers me about this. That this is assumed because I don't see why it can't just scale. But I don't want to get into that discussion. So (laughs) okay. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think we know enough, but what I think there's just like hints of it, like her coming across like homeless people whose meds have been. Cut yeah, that was very interesting. We got to see meds. more of Earth, and and it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look pretty. With oceans that are polluted, uh, mentally yeah, like ill that, that don't get their medication. Like the water that Bobby sat down oh, so gross. next to was so fucking gross, but you know it's still something that is amazing and breathtaking to her and she you know even told christian like you know you take it for granted she was like yeah probably you know i guess but it's yeah we kind of do (laughs) um i feel like there wasn't necessarily a ton of i mean we got a little bit more character growth in terms of finding out more about who bobby was and who um christian you know like christian just kind of filled herself out a little bit more um but i feel like much of that sort of storyline was definitely just kind of plot but I think that, like, yes, it was definitely plot, but I think that they actually formed Bobby's character very well. And that, like, you had reason to dislike her at first. You know, she was... Um, abrasive. She was abrasive it's... and, like, very... Um, what's the word? Um, why can't I... Cocky? Yes, cocky, you know? And um, yeah. seeing her... In, in, like, an arena where she can't be cocky. She has no idea what's going on. She And you see, like, why... She's not completely strong in all arenas, but she she makes very, like, pointed decisions, and you understand her decisions. You understand why she eventually fights against Mars. You know, they threaten her position. They say, like, well, you're not going to be part of the army because, obviously, you can't follow directions. And, and she's like, I'll show you not following exactly, directions. Exactly, but it's like she she sticks to her guns. She's not following them, but she's still, like, following the path that she always wanted to follow. And it just I think- now looks like something else. I think what we're kind of meant to see about Bobby is that she's kind of supposed to be like a really good judge of character is kind of where they've taken her story. She's a rational of like, person. Yeah, where you're just kind of like, something smells fucking fishy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't owe you shit. She's not a blind um, faith person at all. Yes, and and we see that faith break down because I think when the show started, she did have that faith. Yeah. And like... Over and over and over, she was betrayed by her own people. Yes, but at the same time, um, Mars as a whole, I 
I actually found more endearing than I thought it would at first because at first you're like, oh, this military power. It's like the U.S., but like the worst of it. And I hate it. I hate the U. Like as an American citizen, I'm still like, oh, the U.S. sucks. So capitalistic and so like militaristic and like we should be like Canada. And so when I was watching this and I saw these parallels from between Mars and the U.S., I was like, oh, Mars, gross, disgusting. Um... And I think that through Bobby Draper and, like, Lopez and the other Mars characters that aren't necessarily, like, the politicians in control, I actually appreciated Mars more on a level where if you think about the pioneers of the U.S. and what their intention was, like, there were hardworking people who just wanted to make a better life for themselves that they couldn't in where they came from. And so it's a lot more endearing when you take it from people who are very hardworking and earnest and, like, are just, like, doing their best. Um, so from that perspective, I was like, well, oh, I'm totally championing Mars from that perspective. Not their politicians who are dicks, but, like, they're people who are, like, just really working hard, like, pioneers crossing, like, uncharted territory, building villages from scratch. And, like, I'm, I'm not talking about the Indians that they're invading, which is... Un unfair but like that you know like it's people working hard at at the core of it basically <laughs> okay yeah okay no i i like it was yeah no i i i agree with that yeah um shaheen was there anything else that sort of stuck out to you uh in in sort of this storyline with the seventh man or mars or any sort of alliances um i like the story uh of Gunny or Bobby um, kind of remembering this vaguely and then struggling to put it together. Um, that was an interesting idea. Did you guys find that doctor to be overly touchy? Wait, which one? The the guy who was helping her remember, like the, the oh. first doctor. like <sighs> Because he like, disappeared in the end, I, I figured he was meant to be like a shaman-esque. Oh, okay. Like, I just was like, why are you being so touchy? Um, what, 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 where Sorry, was he touching you? I feel like he, like, put his hand on her leg or her arm or something. I don't know. It just uh -huh. felt weird. Well, I there just, are some uh, techniques for, like, when you're trying to give someone suggestions um, that say that... What mm, are those? Well, they say that touching someone on the shoulder, if especially if you're standing up there sitting down, this just indicates, like, a hierarchy... Uh, and that you're in charge. Um, and so mm. they're more likely so to follow to, like, your instructions. Follow yeah. I feel like that would backfire. <laughs> um, <laughs> You'd be like, I'm going to be contrary just on principle. I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> Um Do you guys remember? Sorry, this is just going back to me loving all the swearing on the show. Um, when Christian finds Bobby by the water and she says, yeah. fuck you, ma'am. <laughs> yes. So very, very I, politely. I thought about that a lot. Re refuses. Yeah. Just so politely. Like, you almost didn't catch it. And she was like, fuck you, ma'am. And you're like, yes. But no, no, no. Yes. I thought about that a lot because, like, I was, the whole process, all of Bobby's story, I was thinking about, like, the military, like, needing to, like, bow down to your superiors and all that. And I was just like, God, it's I, I would be so bad at that. Like, I just, I'm very, like, level in terms of hierarchy. Like, I know that there are people who are great at stuff. But, like, at the same time, I feel like you should be able to ask them how they're doing something. Anyways, but, like, when that happened, I was just like, 
Well, I can see her showing respect to her superiors because that benefits her position. But like, how does that work when it's like a different government who has no say over you? Are you supposed to like reflect that same level in the other government as to how you would behave in your government? Because that would serve your government? Or does do you not give a fuck? Because like, who are they? They have no say over you, whatever. And I feel like Bobby is very much in, in the the instance of, well, who the fuck are you? I don't care. Like, you're not my boss. Um, you're not the boss Exactly. Of which is, like, it's a very teenage response, but at the same time, like, yeah, she's not the boss of her. And I think she was, it was important for her to make that clear that she was not a pawn. She was there very much on, like, her own volition and her own um, idea of what she, what was right, basically. But, but then you, but then you also had the moment where they were on the transport ship going up to see Mao and... Um, and, and Christian was basically just like, any shit hits the fan while we're out here, I expect you two to get me out of it. And sort of, you know, but like, but like Bobby and, and shit, what is her, like, what is her man's name? Oh my God. Um, I thought he was actually really hot. I don't know why I was very attracted to the shape of his Sorry, whose name? (laughs) Uh, the, the Christian's, the guy who killed his security guy. Oh, that guy. By accident. He's hot. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Um, um, Christian security. <laughs> I mean, there's no such but like thing. She, um, um, but at that point, she had asked asylum from Earth. Yeah. So, so like, she had cast her lot then with exactly. Christian. Through choice. And, well, sort of. And, like, she sort knew of. that Christian had, like, a special interest in her. So I'm sure it was kind of, like, trying to feed into that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't get, like... Is there anything else you guys want to mention about the storyline before we move on? For Earth? Uh, yeah, for Earth. Um, apart from just, like, really liking Gunny when I hated her. Like, I completely disliked her the first way around. Um, and now I just, like, eat up any shit. I really doing. like the, the symbolism of her <laughs> using her, quote-unquote, badge of honor. Um which is really just the gag of dishonesty. Uh, remember, they like they gave her that thing, and and that's when they told mm-hmm. her you don't say anything about uh, the blue guy and the 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 uh, guy without a vac suit. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was really just like she got quote unquote promoted, but it was really just to tell her you have to shut up. Keep your and so she shit. used that to open to pry open the window or to get the the whatever was hold, the holding the window out of there. Um, and she used other stuff mm-hmm. that didn't work, and ultimately she used that bat so to to op- to get out of her prison. So uh, she used the gag to get out of the prison. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Nice little symbolism right there. Um, do you guys have any well actuallys or other other little bits you'd like to, to draw attention to? Um, yes. So I don't understand okay. how the protomolecule is affected by temperature, but like going through an atmosphere and crash landing on Venus didn't kill it. Yeah. I would guess that like some of it had already like it was protected within the asteroid. Like, that some, like while the asteroid would, like, burn away, yeah, like, so a little it's, bit of it survived. It's a very large asteroid, and like, so, like, a lot of it is going to just splash um, before it gets too hot, so. I guess. 
I guess I guess we have to accept like, that. Yeah. Some of it is going to get really hot, and some of it is going less hot. But at the same time, if it actually is defeatable by a heat, it's not that scary. I mean, it's got to be real fucking hot, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay, so we'll just, you know, we'll just like um, helicopter a jet engine over the whole village and just. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that you solved that. Yeah, we're um, done. So, we're so I see your other thoughts about Space Murphy's uh, suit. Oh, oh, that was my overall thoughts. <laughs> so, when they, so Space Murphy, when he um, was talking to Dawes, and, and Dawes is like, well, how, how long did it take us for, for us to find you? And he's like, I don't know, like three days. So I was like sitting there, like, how many times did he pee in his spacesuit before he was found? Like, that's cool. And how many times was it recycled and he drank it again? I mean, in three, within three days, he was probably close to drinking it, but maybe he didn't need to. Like, it's I mean, borderline. It's borderline. So thirsty. It depends. How, uh, <laughs> it depends how hydrated he was when he went out there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do you have any lingering uh, thoughts, Shaggy? No, I'm good. No, all right. Um, all right, well, then, I guess we're going to wrap this up. Uh, oh, any One thing. What? Okay. My, my whole thing where I said that your favorite line during the Venus... Um, storyline would be that's because children are stupid was that not your favorite line <laughs> i actually don't remember that line Shut but up. like just reading it i mean obviously like <laughs> i agree with it i was like oh my god joe's probably eating this shit up <laughs> but anyway i probably enjoyed it the moment that i saw it um because it's true <laughs> um yes um do you guys have any tv shows to recommend Ooh. Um, I finally started watching Veep and finally got far... Like, I've, I've tried to watch it a few times. Um, finally, I think I've gotten far enough where I, I am into it. It is okay. very funny. But at the same time, it's like... There's moments where it's like The Office funny where I have to look away and cover my ears because, like, the empathetic embarrassment is too <laughs> high. Yeah. I, that's why I could never... I don't think I can watch it. Yeah, don't watch it. Yeah. Um, well, what about you, um... It's not new. Uh, these are not new titles, but Rick and Morty um, is is gonna you know, the finale for season three is gonna um, air tonight. I oh, still shit. Haven't I haven't watched yeah, season is three finale, guys. So uh, and then Harmon Quest is back for season two. So I've been like embarrassed. Uh, I'm not embarrassed. Well, what I was gonna say was I'm so obsessed with it. To the point of embarrassment. Um, that just... Yeah. Okay. All right. Who are you I, shipping? Uh, I'm just like so obsessed with it's not even funny. Uh, who am I shipping on what? On Harmon Quest. On Harmon Quest. The, are, the, are there ships for Harmon Quest? There are all like, there Between like Bior and Fondue and stuff like that? The fact that you know that, yes. Okay. <laughs> I did not know that. You, you've, you've broken Shaggy's brain. <laughs> that that literally blew my mind. <laughs> Yes. Um, I watched the first two episodes of the new Star Trek show. Um, this is I've never seen Star Trek a- apart from the newer movies. Like, I was never a Trekkie. Um, that said, it was enjoyable. Um, a, little, a little cheesy and a little hokey, but it's been ex- explained to me that that's kind of how star trek always was is like it's a little bit earnest and you just kind of have to buy into it um so yeah. assuming that you know it keeps going like the effects are good it's it's good i'm excited to see where it goes well, that's um, awesome yeah like i i feel like we're living in a golden age of sci-fi yeah you know more 
attention has paid, been paid to sci-fi than any other time. And it's good and bad because it used to be that any sci-fi show, like, definitely watch it. It's great. Yeah. Um, and, now and now there's like, crappy ones. Yeah, and now there's crappy ones. So it's, it's like a double-edged sword, actually. Uh, but no, did I tell you my story about how when I was little, my aunt, who used to babysit me all the time because she's much younger than my mom, um, took me to her boyfriend's house and sat me in front of the TV to watch Star Trek. And this is when I definitely knew I was not into Star Trek because they put, like, headphones, like, TV headphones on me. Um, probably wireless ones, which were really expensive at the time. And I'm pretty sure they did sex things while they had me wearing headphones and watching Star Trek. And it was, like, the worst. I mean, yeah, if you had headphones put on you, then most <laughs> definitely they right? were having sex. And I'm so, like, traumatized by that. <laughs> Can you ask her? No. <laughs> Why? Is she dead? No, 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 she's alive, um, but she's also the aunt that was supervising me when I had to have my thumb reconstructed by a plastic surgeon, so um, I don't want to ha- put anything else on her. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, everyone should go check out these TV shows, um, possibly yeah. maybe while someone else is having sex. Yep. Um not you, though. Just someone else. Um, Somebody else. Next episode, I'm not sure. Like, I think that we'll probably, you know, have to take a little bit of a break through the through partially holidays. But we will be doing a season four rewatch. Um, so we will get some more exact timing on that. So we're and probably going to be uh, off for October, exciting? it seems like. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Because I'm an asshole who has <laughs> stuff every weekend. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. See so what we do. You're so popular. Yeah. So popular. Yeah, so, and 100 comes back, you know, next year, so we'll have to get our rewatch, uh, rewatch going, and, yeah. I'm still traumatized by the Becco article you sent me. Oh, yeah, no, so Becco is endgame. Uh, I agree with Jen. Um, everyone is gonna bang in space, but Becco is endgame. Cool. No. All right, so, what? Joe sent me this article, and she's like, oh, it's really cute about Echo, and I was like, okay, sure, I'll read it. <laughs> A, it is long as B, it is, like, this person who's, like, super into Becco. And I was like, okay, this is the Tiffy Leaks of Echo. (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) Um, That was actually part of the joy, because, like, I only kind of skimmed the article, but I sent it to you knowing that it would trigger you. I got so triggered. (laughs) And I was not wrong, and so, like, it was a (laughs) win-win for me. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that, like, my – what's the word? Rabid discomfort was entertaining. Your rabid discomfort was my warm, snuggly blanket. Oh, I'm so glad I could give that to you. Um, if you liked or hated the podcast, uh, shout at us on Twitter um, or Reddit or wherever the fuck uh, you feel like shouting into the void that we will respond with snarky gifts and generally not giving a fuck. Um, other than that, we will talk to you guys next time. That's all I got. All right. Um, Take bye, it easy, everyone. guys. Bye.